0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning. The weekend is a harness. A pleasant good Friday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. 12 p.m. You can find us on YouTube slash chatterbox sports. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in gentlemen. Look who's back, back in the saddle. There he is. Yeoman's work done yesterday by one Reed mouse sitting in for Casey McAllister. Yeah. Welcome back. I'm glad you're safe
1: and healthy and you're doing all right. Yeah. Uh, just really set of unfortunate events. Um, didn't have any of my equipment in my car. I had just changed my wife's spare, or just changed her tire. I uh, had to plug it, and um, forgot to put it back in my car. Gotcha, okay. Went down the road, and tire... Just, just gave out. Do you and think then, there's
0: any chance you ran over something here in Hamilton on the sidewalks that may have? Uh, that
1: you pothole? know, you know, there's the possibility. Uh, it's a really bumpy, rocky roads over here. Just yep. a lot of potholes. Well, well a lot we just, of we just, potholes, we, just, lot hey, of we just
2: signed a le- We just passed a levy. So we'll get that fixed up there. Casey, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I had to come off the bench. It's the name of the show. Yep. Yeah. I had to be a nut cutter. That's the name of the our, our viewers. No, and, that's and, right. And listen, I only had maybe five to six mistakes yesterday. No, but, you did not. But we made it through. We made it through the two-hour stint.
1: I watched I watched a lot of it or listened to it. I didn't think you made that many mistakes, to be honest. I thought you did a really good job, Reed. Thanks.
0: He did. Thanks. He did a great job. Thanks. We were very lucky to have him. Yeah. You know, nope. that's like God at work. Because it was just on Monday, he was starting to learn it. Correct. Right? Correct. And then all of a sudden, four, three days later, bang! It's perfect. Needed time. to come off the bench and hit the long ball. And he did it. Big time.
3: All
0: right. Uh, the Bengals, they have the weekend off, as you know, before getting back to work on Monday. They will play a week from Sunday in Santa Clara against the San Francisco 49ers. Once beaten 49ers. San Francisco, though, focused on what's directly ahead. And for the 49ers, that means a trip today to Minnesota to take on the Vikings in Monday Night Football. Jay Morrison will join us at 11 o'clock to talk more about the Bengals and their upcoming stretch run. Do they have another big run in them like they have the last two years? Last night in New Orleans, Trevor Lawrence got the proverbial monkey off his back at the Superdome. The only two games Lawrence lost during his three-year career at Clemson, both of them came in the Superdome. A national championship game to Joe Burrow and LSU and a national semifinal game against Ohio State. Heck, he even lost a preseason game in his rookie year there with the Jaguars, but no more. Lawrence and the Jags beat the Saints 31-24. to Jacksonville starting to get it rolling now. They're starting to look like the team everybody thought they were going to be. Five and two on the year. Derek Carr, although he made a play at the end, right, Casey? They could have won the game.
1: Yeah, they could have won the game, Tom. I mean, I was surprised. Um, Buster Moreau, I mean, he had it Brutal. right there in the back of the end zone. Right through his hands. Brutal. I mean, they had a chance to tie the game. Couldn't get it done. Feel bad for the guy. I mean... That's the that's the the game right there.
4: Some of us, some of us who made a live bet on the Saints right before that drive, felt really sick to their stomachs when Foster Moreau dropped a wide open pass.
0: No, wait a minute. Say that again. <laughs> you made a bet. On I made a the live drive, bet. A live bet that they were going to score a touchdown.
4: Yeah, it was plus eight seventy. Tom, great value. I, I believed in the, the home team, the Saints. They marched all the way down the field in a matter of one minute, got down to the ten yard line or whatever it was, seven yard line. Wide open pass on third down to Foster Moreau in his hands, nobody near him. Boop, drop. So, just to be clear, Elliot,
1: just to be clear, Elliot, I send you my bets over the night, and you pick
4: against me. I did. That was bad gambling move, but I believed in this. There was too. There was too much value on the line.
2: It was a value play. It was a value play. It was plus eight seventy
4: with three minutes of clock time. They're down only a touchdown. It was free money. Mm. (laughs)
2: Here's.
0: Here's famous last words there. (laughs) Free money. Speaking of money, hey, your day may have gotten started on the wrong foot. Yeah. But, man, you finished finished a big time route.
1: Yeah, I hadn't bet pretty much since week one of this NFL season, college football. Uh, It did a number on me. Um, But I decided to get back on the saddle. And I told the viewers on Mac and JT I was going to bet the props I gave out that night, which I told them Christian Kirk, uh, 50 yards over, uh, over, on his receiving. Check. And then, uh, the, the touchdown for check. him. Well, I also decided to add another four legs to that parlay and that hit. And check, so check, I, check, I had, check. I had a massive win last night. Uh, $25 bet that turned into how much? $600, 600.
0: Yeah, pays for a tire. Yeah, pays for it. Pays for
4: all the tires and equipment I'm missing. So I was never given that. Nobody sent me that bet. I would have rode with you. No, th- you wouldn't. Had I known. You would have no, rode. With you. Yeah, I would have. No, yeah, I would have. No, yeah, no, yeah, why are you so foolish? Well, actually, I did, the, I did give out. I did give out the bets. If you watch Mac and JT, you yeah. would have known. I, you, I had, you just said you added four legs. Yeah, but I still gave out a plus four hundred parlay. I don't want plus four hundred. I want plus like nine thousand. whatever you just bet. <laughs> why don't people like Derek Carr? Oh, because he's not very good. He's Andy Dalton. He's ah, the same he's the same quarterback as Andy Dalton. I, I think a you're right. Better than the
2: Eric, same exact quarterback. No, he's not. He's better than I Andy. think
4: you're right. How many playoff wins does he have? Zero. <laughs>
2: Derek Carr. I mean, I, I,
4: we can go down the line, but I'm pretty sure there's there are similar quarterbacks. <laughs> to be fair, I mean,
1: like, we're talking like Derek Carr didn't get the game to a to it a tie. Many, like he, 30, he, the guy 30, dropped point. the ball. I mean, it was like, twenty-four
2: to nine, yeah. And he come back and roared back and had a chance to win.
0: It's unfortunate for Derek Carr. Hmm.
2: Back to the monologue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Tom. Somebody in Everett says in the chat that Carr was yelling at Chris Olave for not chasing after a ball that was ten yards out of bounds. Oh, that's I why did. people don't like Derek because
2: uh, yeah. he, he's yelling at a Buckeye.
0: I, yeah,
2: I didn't even know <laughs> that's this. That's why.
4: I did see. I did see that he was yelling Chris. I, I, I did see the clip, uh, and I, I don't even know if that was the reason behind he, him yelling.
1: He was so. yelling all game though. Like he was just pissed the entire game like everyone was doing something wrong and yet Derek Carr was overthrowing guys and this that and the other so
0: I don't know all right all right well a lot of good games around the NFL this upcoming weekend inside the AFC North the Ravens this is one of the best games on the whole docket the Ravens are hosting the red hot Detroit Lions the Brownies go to Indy to take on the Colts and there's a chance DeMar Jackson, or Debar Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Deshaun Watson will come back and play. The Steelers are going out to L.A. to take on the Rams. Elsewhere, the Chargers play the Chiefs in Kansas City. Do they have it in them? Do the no. Chargers have it in them? No, they don't. And then the best game of the weekend, Sunday night football, the 5-1 and one Miami Dolphins play in Philly against the 5-1 and one Eagles. College football, we're 14 hours and counting from the showdown at the shoe as unbeatens collide in the Big Ten. Number seven, Penn State takes on the mighty Buckeyes of Ohio State. A huge game in terms of the college football playoff implications. Huge. Because they reside in the same half of the, of the division, those two teams along with Michigan. So this is a huge game. Ohio State has won six straight in this rivalry, 10 of the last 11. That's a noon kickoff tomorrow on Fox. UC looks for its first Big 12 conference win, Elliot. Yeah, baby. Will they get it against the Baylor Bears tomorrow at Nippert? No, they won't. Are you going? I will be there for uh, Bear, or the bash. The
4: bash. Bash on short vine. The bash on short fine. But. I, I, I don't, I, I've, <laughs> there will be a ban. <laughs> I've given up, I've given up on the, I've given up on the Bearcats. If they want to win, go ahead and win. Uh, other than that, I'll take the loss and we'll move on with our week.
2: Baylor, I understand Baylor's bad, Tom.
0: Yeah, they're not having a good year.
2: What the why the hell are the Bearcats favored again? They've been favored like every week this year, except for Oklahoma, and they're terrible. It they're is not, wild. I don't understand not very it. very good. I don't, I don't understand it at all, but I digress.
1: One thing about being a college football fan is you can't even really be like, all right, well, if we lose, we get something good at the end. Like, there's no there's no reward for being bad. So never say, like, just, oh, I want to just lose out. Like, just root for wins. Why not, right? Like, what's the point in, like
2: – It's a good point.
1: Yep. It is root for point. wins. Well, just root for
2: wins.
0: Root, root, just keep, for the whole keep rooting for wins. I'm good. <laughs> Elsewhere in college football, the Ohio University hosts Western Michigan and Athens. Ooh, Go Bobcats. Coming off off a tough loss, by the way, the Bobbies are. They are. A tough tough. loss. I was talking to a lot of guys about that last night. Guys that that graduated from OU in like 69, 70, 71. Older guys that are hardcore fans. They go to a lot of games. And uh, they were very upset about what happened last weekend. Their season's over. (laughs) Meanwhile, there's Miami. Winners of six straight, sitting atop the East in the MAC. The West leaders, Toledo, 6-1 and one on the year, just like Miami. They'll play in Oxford tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Now, will anybody be at that game? I, I, I'm asking this not to poke fun as an OU guy at Miami, but I'm being sincere about this because there was a time, and you guys are almost too young to remember it, There was a time when Miami of Ohio had great athletics. I mean, across the board. They had great basketball teams. They had great football teams. Blah, blah, blah. Um, But it's been a long time. And I mean, nobody goes to the games. Will there be people? It's the biggest game Miami's played in probably a decade.
2: I guarantee there will be 100 people there, and (laughs) there'll be the players on the field. They'll be the players on the field, maybe nobody else. Listen, Tom, I used to go to Miami games quite quite frequently. My cousin played for Miami back in the, the days of Big Ben and Ryan Robinson and all these all these uh, Red Hawks, you know, legends. And even back then, there was nobody in the crowd. I remember going to games, and if I just waved my arms, I'd get on the jumbo screen because I was the only kid at the games. So, like, Tom, that school does not – that school would be the exact same school if they don't have athletics. They could, they could get rid of all their athletics, and it's still Miami
4: I University. think
0: it's sad.
2: I'm a proud alumnus of Toledo for two years. I
4: didn't graduate oh, there, but I was, the there. I, was there, I was there for two years. I will, bet, I will bet my life there are more Toledo fans at this game that's,
2: than Miami. That's 100% true because Toledo fans, they, they fill out yes, the glass they do. bowl. Yeah, we they, do. They, they, they're very rabid fan base.
0: It's a big game because Miami goes to Athens next weekend, and those are the top two teams in the East. So, you know what? I, I hope they show up because Martin's done a hell of a job there as a head coach. He's done an outstanding job.
2: What are you putting the over under on fans?
0: I don't know because I, I mean I I, I I have not been to Miami uh, for a football game since I was in college when OU played there.
2: I think that there's some rule where I think they have to have a certain number of capacity to like get on TV or that, like some Miami rule where they have to, so donors buy tickets. No one goes, but they buy tickets so that they they overcome whatever rule that they have to. Have to surpass just to i don't know if to be a mac team or whatever but they right. have to get some sort of capacity there there'll okay. be nobody in the stands but they'll sell tickets okay
0: uh it'll be jam-packed down in uh mr tisset's neck of the woods tomorrow yes it will be big game number going. 11 alabama they've only lost one game and that was to <clears throat> texas a lot of people are sleeping on alabama it's alabama They'll be in Tuscaloosa tomorrow against number 17, Tennessee. Interesting game to watch if you've watched Duke at all, right? We think Duke, basketball school, Coach K, you know, Cameron Crazies. They've got a good football team. They played Notre Dame mighty tough. It's their only loss of the year. Mm-hmm. So number 16, Duke travels to number four, an undefeated Florida State in Tallahassee. And then out in... Um, Casey's neck of the woods. You got Utah against USC. (laughs) My neck of the woods. Pillow fight out there. Pillow fight. (sighs) Baseball is a funny game. In the American League Championship Series, the home team has not won a game. In the National League Championship Series, the home team hasn't lost a game. When the Phillies play at the bank, Home runs seemingly flying out of the yard every other inning, right? But last night, they went to the desert, and those bats were mighty quiet. Brandon fought, and Ranger Suarez went toe-to-toe into the sixth inning of a scoreless game. Phils a run in the seventh. Arizona answers with a run in the seventh. And the Diamondbacks would get their first win in the series, scoring in the bottom of the ninth. Bringing back memories and flashbacks of Luis Gonzalez in game seven. Bottom of the ninth, Marte with a knock and a 2-1 win. Game four tonight at 8 o'clock. In the American League, don't look now, but here come the world champs. They lost two games at home, scored a total of four runs in two games. They were shut out in one game. Well, they've piled up 18 runs in the last two games, including 10 last night. To even that series at two apiece, Rangers and Astros. Critical game five late this afternoon. The same pitching matchup we saw in game one. Justin Verlander was beaten by Jordan Montgomery in that game. And that's the matchup today. Former Reds managers Lou Piniella and Davey Johnson are among the finalists for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Four managers, two umpires, two executives will be considered under the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee. you got to get 75% of the votes to get in, and the results will be announced on December 3rd. And then there's Casey's guys, FC Cincinnati. Hell yeah. Top team in the MLS all year long. They'll wrap up their regular season over the weekend against Atlanta. After that, playoff time. FCC will face the winner of an 8-9 play-in game between Montreal Prime Minister Trudeau might be on hand for that one. Along with all his trucker friends. Uh, and uh, Montreal takes on New York. None of you guys have any idea what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, and, and that will be a best of three for FC Cincinnati against the winner of that game. Starting next week, the playoffs. It's going to be exciting. It sure will.
2: Sure, well, Tom, I think we should break down some Canadian politics on this on this show. Did
0: you so, see the video, though, of the guy who's running against Trudeau? It was one of the greatest. I don't care what your political bent is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But he's standing there eating an apple, this guy. He's a young guy, very articulate, as is Trudeau, very articulate. Right, young, right. You know. Trudeau is. And, and this guy starts asking questions like, like so many in the media will ask questions. I've been guilty of this, where you say, you know, a lot of people think that you are this and this. And he and a guy standing there eating an apple and he says, Well, who are those people? Can you name them for me? Can you name me one? And he's just standing there eating the apple very casually, not getting confrontational. It's very matter of fact. And he says, Well, you know, it's been said that but and he says, Well, you know, could you tell me who said it? Could you name one person? This went on, and this writer couldn't figure out that I might want to start speaking in specifics here rather than generalities, because he this guy was just humiliated. It was, uh, it was great video. Great video. Um, all right, let's see. Chat, anything going on here? Anything happened I need to know about? Mouse Cop is back. Mouse Cop. Unfortunately. He's back. He's
1: back. We do have one Super Chat that we flashed up on screen, but we didn't uh, get to read it. What Elliot,
4: it? do you want to read the Super Chat? Yeah, give me a sec. Here we go. So we go uh, fan funding. Here we go. Uh, 499 Big C says extend read.
2: Yes.
0: Extend him. Extend yes. him.
2: Don't fire me. Extend me. Let's go. Someone who doesn't want me to be homeless. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> and then Mouse Cop fires right back immediately. Hashtag fire yeah, week.
2: Someday it'll happen. Not, not this week. Not this week. Tom. I you think like- we
0: need to bring in, and then we'll move on to sports. But I, excuse me, I think we need to bring in Mouse Cop to the studio here.
2: Should we like? Uh, <laughs> and
0: let him sit down right there where Elliot is. You stay there. All right, Ellie, can come over here next to Casey. Okay. And just for one show, have Mouse Cop come in and see if we just can't, like the Abraham Accords. Can we get this straight? Camp David, we're going to make this a, a remote Camp David. Oh, no. Right? And have you two get it ironed out.
2: Well, I think what we should do is if we do that, we should, like, uh, do, like, the witness protection thing where we where we <laughs> change his oh, okay. voice. Okay, all right. You can't yeah. see him. We put a black screen over him. and. Make his voice real deep. That way we don't, you know, give up Mouse Cop's identity. Because he
0: could get in trouble at work.
2: Correct. Okay. Sebastian could.
0: All right. Well, he just said he would love to come down here, but he doesn't want to get a shot from the sky. Now, I don't know what that's all about. Do you?
4: I have no idea. I, I have no idea what that's about. Are people getting shot from the skies
2: here? I guess. <laughs> I mean, let's just, let's just keep it going.
0: Get yourself a Kevlar umbrella. It'll be all right <laughs> It's really simple what you guys do on the show to try to get people wound up. Um, okay, uh, you, you want to talk first of all about that, that game besides the betting standpoint last night. Do the Jaguars? Now the Bengals have the Jaguars on their schedule this season. Yeah. in Jacksonville. Yep, yeah. A um, lot of people to beginning of the year, you know, most people flock to Kansas City, some to the Bengals, some to Baltimore in the AFC, uh, some to Buffalo. Uh, Miami's off to a great start. And it seems to me of all of the top teams, if you threw them all under one umbrella, the one who is most under the radar is Jacksonville. They're yeah. starting to get it rolling.
1: Yeah, they are. Yeah, Tom, I saw someone tweet this. Someone of, of uh, notable uh, popularity said that they are the AFC Eagles this season. Which, I mean, in terms of what they've got around Roster wise, yeah, they've got guys all over the field. So a lot of, un, uh, not popular names yet, but like that secondary is pretty darn good. They've got some really talented edge rushers. Everyone knows about Josh Allen and Travion Walker, but those guys on the interior, they get it done too. Um, The offense, it clicks. It's got a lot of great playmakers. I think they're still struggling to find like their, their star guy on offense I, I assume it's Etienne I mean he's yeah, right. all over the field but out of the receiving core like there's not like a number one but all those guys are number twos high end number twos I mean you might even argue that Christian Kirk might be a number one Calvin Ridley can sometimes be a number one Evan Ingram sometimes can be a number one their offense is pretty stacked too I I really like the Jags there's a lot of conversation about them last year Offseason that they could be the number one seed in the AFC, and it's looking like they could be.
2: Yeah, I, I think that when, when you think about the Jags, and, and you, you're alluding to the take from from Colin Cowherd, where he said that he thinks they're going to be the number one seed, and everyone laughed at him. Um, so there was a, a buzz, right, about the Jaguars. You know, they they started the season last year three and seven. They they roar back and make the playoffs, win a playoff game. Trevor Lawrence looks very good. People are like, all right, is this team going to take the next step? Early on in the year, they didn't look great, right? Everyone's like, all right, I'm out on the Jags. I'm out on the Jags. But what do they keep doing? They just keep winning ball games. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're to five and two. They're winning on prime time. Trevor Lawrence on a game where we weren't even sure if he was going to play completes 20 of 29 passes throws for 200 yards he runs for 60 yards mm-hmm. i was unfamiliar how much uh running was a part of Trevor Lawrence's <clears throat> game
0: oh, yeah. oh yeah, i mean big. he's had he uh, when he was in college man i mean that 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 the one time they did beat ohio state in in the college football playoff they lost the other time but i think he had like a 75 or 80 yard touchdown run yeah, that he guy runs can like run a he's he got runs like a he's deer. got
2: great awareness yep. on when to take off like it, yeah. the plays I was watching um, the Saints' defensive line go against uh, Jacksonville because, honestly, I had a bet that Cam Jordan would have a sack last night. So I was I was very locked in. Didn't come close. I was amazed by how well the Jaguars, how quickly their plays developed. There was never really even a chance for any pressure to get in the backfield against, against Jacksonville because, you know, it, it was an out route. And even if there was no play there – Trevor wasn't staying in the pocket. He was taking off and he was getting seven, eight, 15 yards every single time he took off. And that just adds a, a wrinkle. And it, it makes you wonder when you look at our team, the Bengals, and you say, plays don't develop that quickly for Cincinnati. And when they do develop that quickly, it feels so forced, right? It feels like they're trying to just really force the hand of, of making a play happen very quick. It looked more natural for Jacksonville. This team's going to win their division. I think we all see that, right? This team's going to win double-digit games. And I don't think it would surprise anybody if this team beats a Bills team in the postseason. a—I think it would surprise people if you beat the Chiefs. But if this team makes it to the AFC Conference Championship, I don't think that would surprise anybody.
0: Well, look, like they, they've already played the Chiefs this year. They only got beat 17-9. to nine. That was the second yep. game of the year. So they played them. It was at home. So, I mean, home for Jacksonville, they lost that game. But you look, they they get obliterated the week after that when C.J. Stroud goes off for the Texans, right? Right. They scored 37 on Jacksonville in that game. And Stroud was just unreal. But the last four games, Falcons are a pretty decent team. Jacksonville demolished them, right? Then they beat the Buffalo Bills. Both of those games, if I'm not mistaken, were in London. Right? Back-to-back back yeah. games. Yeah, yeah it's their it's home so. field advantage. And now they come back. They bludgeon the Colts. Colts are not very good, but, you know, and their quarterback's out for the year. But they, they, they hammered them. It wasn't some tight, ugly win. They kill them. And then last night, it's not an easy place to play. We talked about what a house of horrors it had been uh, in three prior games for Trevor Lawrence to try to get a win in that building. He gets it. And and let's not forget, they have a Super Bowl winning head coach.
2: Yeah. Top. Ta- ta- Tom this team I, I I'm a, becoming more and more a believer that Trevor Lawrence is is top-tier quarterback material like I, I he was the number one pick he's already won a playoff game he's he's certainly got the physical aspect to it but the more and more I watch him the more and more I'm like this guy can win a Super Bowl I I, I think that's already been per- I, I I don't know Tom I just think that he's he looks very very good I think this Jacksonville Jaguars team is very very good it it's going to take a lot for me to think that they won't be serious contenders in the postseason.
4: Yeah, I would agree. I, I doubted the Jaguars once they were struggling at the beginning, but they play in a division that's very – It's, a, bad division, it's right? a it's it's a, It's a division where you can stack up a lot of wins. I know they got blown out by the Texans, but I, I think going forward Jacksonville is going to take care of that division yep. pretty easily. And it, I did say at the beginning of the year that they could – I did say on this show as well as Coward, so Coward and I, similar brains – that they could get that one seed because of how easy their division is, of how, how winnable their schedule is. So shout out to them. And last night, Tom said it, the Saints are not a bad team. The Saints have a really good defense. They have arguably an elite defense, one of the best defenses in the league. Slept on. I, I know the I offense isn't great. Derek Carr's not a fantastic quarterback, <laughs> but he's a top 15 quarterback. You wouldn't you hate Derek. Right? You wouldn't hate Derek Carr as your quarterback. Alvin Kamara is one of the best running backs in the league. Alvin Kamara, by the way, he had 12 catches for 91 yards. Yeah. I believe he has more catches than any running back in the NFL and he missed 3 weeks of the season.
0: That's crazy.
4: So, yeah. that's that's wild to me. But yeah, Jacksonville Jacksonville is going to be very good. Uh, and I think they can beat just about anybody in the league.
2: We've seen now in the last two primetime games, Tom, we've seen a play that I had not seen prior. And I'm wondering if it's going to become a regular thing, if if, if it's going to become such a regular thing that the NFL is going to have to implement a rule. And that is where a blocker on a punt return is getting thrown into the returner. Right? That's hap- Man, it happened that's on happened- Monday. Twice now. It's happened on Monday night, and it happened on Thursday night football. Yep. Back-to-back primetime games. Yep. And both times when it happened, you looked at it and you said, why don't teams do that more often? Because yeah. it, it gets you the ball right there, and it's it's legal, right? If, if they're going to block you, run straight at the the punt returner, and then when you get close, just throw them into them and see what <laughs> happens. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be something that we're going to see more and more in, this, in the NFL, and it might be something that they might have to address.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that the – Kirk and uh, Al were talking about was was he calling for the fair catch? That doesn't even matter because it was his own player that hit him first. Right. That's another thing that is just like what? It, how do you stop that? If you aren't aware of what you are doing as the return man, the 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 uh, the the runner on that right or left side, and you just run right into your own guy, there's just I don't know what to tell you. That that's just bad.
0: Bad well, I plan, mean, I blame but... that squarely on the shoulders of the blocker. Right. Yeah, because the that's... punt returners stand there trying to watch a ball that's nine right. miles in the air and it's a dome and it's, or the wind or whatever it might be. They just got to catch the darn thing. Yeah. And that, 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 That's enough concentration in and of itself. Right? right. And now all of a sudden, you know, I mean, it, you mean to tell me a blocker can't figure out Or does it know when he almost is standing within like a yard and a half or two yards of the guy, now he's going to block somebody?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're just going to have to see as the season goes on if it continues to pop up. Because, like you said, Reed, this is the first time I've seen it like back-to-back in games so close together.
2: If I'm a special teams coach, I'm telling my runners right now, I'm saying, listen, your job this week, and maybe I'll get a stronger guy, I say your job is to run directly – at the punt returner. Don't try to go around the blocker. Don't just get to him. And when you get there, throw your blocker into the punt returner. Because that's what's happened in two consecutive primetime games and it's turned into turnovers. And until the NFL addresses it, I will exploit that rule in every case to a point to where the, the return team's going to have one of two things to do. They're going to either have to keep you as far, they're going to have to do a way better job at blocking that runner. They're going to have to get them way out in front. Or they're going to have to let him go free yeah. and you're just going to have to fair catch every right. every punt return. That's
0: right. That's the way y'all said it.
1: You just fair catch everything. Right. Yeah. We do have one super chat, and I think we'll get more into both these games or just in, in general the NFL. Vikings over 49ers or Dolphins over Eagles? Who has a better chance to get an upset? $5 super chat from Big C, Big Corey. Um, I know we'll, we'll be going into the Eagles Dolphins game later on. Um,
2: is that even that big of an upset?
1: The Eagles Dolphins? No. no. Yeah. I don't think it is. I. Not to spoil picks later on, but I, I think the Eagles are, are on the downtrend. I think the, the Dolphins have a really good matchup against the Eagles.
2: Yeah, I, I, clearly to answer that question, though, the most likely upset would be the Dolphins yes. over the Eagles. But that being said, I don't think that's much of an upset. I think those two teams are at the top of their respected conference. Right. So yeah. how big of an upset is that? It's just a damn good football game. Yeah, the Vikings
4: have 0.0% chance to win that football game. I don't know about game. that. But... 00, 0. Zero, I, another, I'm
0: with you 100% on that. 0.0. 0. Yeah, none. N-U-N, none.
4: None. I, another storyline that came out from last night, Tom, it seemed like Al Michaels was getting a lot of heat on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know if you saw
0: it. Uh, you was. know, I, I didn't see it. And I, I, why? What's going on there? So It seems like all of these
4: Amazon Prime broadcasts, it seems like every single time he just is Low lacking energy, emotion. Yeah. He's lacking energy on some of these calls. The game-winning touchdown call where Christian Kirk scored a touchdown. It was a pretty obvious touchdown. Christian Kirk gets inside the end zone reaches across the pylon touchdown and his call was basically and Christian Kirk gets down to the 1 yard line it looks like and that was it and, and that it, was that was his touchdown call people and think it for, was, a game, it in. for a game winning touchdown
1: yeah and it wasn't just like a like a normal touchdown either i mean he caught he caught a 2 yard route and took it for 40 yards around the side i
0: mean you think you'd get a little more excited about that but it just wasn't there well he is one of my top 2 all time favorite announcers So I I, I I agree, but, but, but Hey, look, that's part of the, part of the gig. I mean, you're in that seat. You got to be able to take some bullets. Yeah. And he was taking a lot of them.
2: Yeah. People, people, people think he's phoning it in. People think he's, uh, he's not giving it all. Maybe it's because he doesn't eat vegetables. Did you see that story? Yes. (laughs) How Michaels has never eaten a vegetable. There's no way. I love that story. There's no way that's true.
1: Makes me feel good.
4: Colt.
2: By the yeah. way, Colton.
1: Colton, Colton,
4: Colton just Melman. joined Nutcutter Nation. How about that? Let's go, Colton. Baten yeah, let's legend. go, Colton, Colton
0: Melman. a boy. Now, let me ask you guys this, okay? Um, if you were the head of NBC, would you have let Al Michaels walk out the door for Mike Tarico? No. Him nope. and Collinsworth were pretty damn good. Damn good. I still don't understand why that happened. Yeah. Why does that happen? It w- was it
4: was it money? Did did Amazon? They're going to lose
1: money. Tirico. What? They were going to lose Toriko if he didn't step in. That's that's what I've seen. I mean, there was like a contract thing. Like if he didn't get to step in there, that like he was just going to go take his talent somewhere else. But I mean, Toriko isn't that bad either. Toriko's good. Al Michaels and and Collinsworth were like to me like legendary yeah. duo.
0: Yeah, they were like they weren't together as long, but they were like Madden and Summerall esque. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I don't. I don't think there's any way that Michaels. I mean, he, he's, he's he's been too good for too long. There's no way he's phoned it in. Now, you know, look, everybody loses some uh, hair on the fastball, right? As you get a little older, and so I don't know. But golly day, I mean, he he uh, he's an unbelievable announcer. I think. But I, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch uh, any of the game last night. You said he's one of two. Who's the other one? Dick Enberg. God rest his soul. I don't know who that is. Dick Enberg, probably uh, all sports considered, all sports, um, have the best career of any broadcaster that's ever lived. Now, Joe Buck will have the best career as far as two primary sports is concerned, baseball and football. He'll do more Super Bowls than anybody. He's already done more World Series than anybody. And he's only 50-something years old. Uh, but, but Enberg, whether it was Wimbledon, whether it was the NCAA basketball tournament back when CBS had it, and he did it with Al McGuire and Billy Packer, baseball, announced the Angels, and then finished his career with the Padres. Uh, Number one announcer for NBC football for 25 years. Number one announcer for NBC a long time. NBA, when they had the rights. I mean... French Open, I mean, you name it. He's done everything. Olympic Games, uh, yeah. And he just passed away a couple years ago. God, what an unbelievable dude, man. Um, all right, what else? Uh, is, is somebody, yeah. Uh, Nick Kirby says, "Yep, Dick Enberg was great. He used to watch a lot of Padres games. That was Dick's last job." Um,
2: Tom, one thing I wanted to to ask you that you brought up in the the monologue was about the, the Davy Johnson and Lou Pinella. Yes. You think, What do you think their shots are at getting in the the Hall of Fame? I think Lou's got a pretty pretty good shake at it, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, I think if you asked most people, there are a lot of people that will tell you that Davey Johnson had the greatest baseball mind of anybody that's ever been a manager in the history of the game. Really? Yeah. I mean, you talk about one sharp dude. On his game. I mean, he knew everything inside and out. Won a championship with the Mets. With the Mets. Yep. Like Pinella did with the Reds. Both of them managed other teams. Both of them took other teams to the postseason. I would imagine uh, both of them, without a doubt, deserve to be in. So you got those two. The other two managers are Cito Gaston, right? The only African-American manager to win a World Series. He won two of them back-to-back, mm-hmm. right? You got Jimmy Leland. Now, Leland won a World Series with the Marlins, but he had a lot of years with the Pirates and with Colorado where they were terrible. Now, that's not on him. Right. But a lot of good teams with the Pirates, too. They got beat by the Reds in the 90 LCS and, and had so a three, like or three- or four-year sp- run, lost to the Braves. That yeah, with Barry. Yeah, that, that whole gang, Benilla and Vance Lake and Doug Drabeck. But uh, so those are the four managers that are up. You have two umpires. Uh, including uh, Elliott's guy, Country Joe West, cowboy, cowboy right. Joe West, Country Joe, great umpire. And then you have two, you have two executives. One being the late great Bill White, president of the National League for a long time, was a great player um, and a great announcer. So he went from being a player to a broadcaster with the New York Yankees forever. And then he leaves that job to become president of the national league for many, many years. He even hosted a today show, Bill White. Um, so, I mean, you can make an argument that all eight of those guys should be in the hall of fame. You got to get 75% of the vote.
2: And it's from this is the veterans committee or well, what? it's
0: from they, they, what they've done in recent years leaders. is to, 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 is they on, on all the different categories. So, this is this is a committee that is strictly for managers, umpires, executives. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think they only do this one every other year. They've made so many changes in the way this works. The same thing, like with the Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Every three years is devoted to a different group of broadcasters. So you have one that is primary just network television broadcasters. Mm-hmm. You have another one that are the old time broadcasters going back to the twenties and thirties and forties and fifties guys that have been overlooked. Right. Right. And then you have the, the modern day local broadcasters. So that's why Pat Hughes for uh, the Cubbies right, went right, in right, last right. year. And I, I'm hoping the guy really gets in. Gosh, I hope he gets in as Tom Hamilton in Cleveland. That dude is an awesome. announcer. He's you awesome. heard him. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's, he's great. awesome. He's good. And an even, they love him up there. Oh man! And an even better guy, just a phenomenal guy. Um,
2: does he do the Cavs games too? No, no, no.
0: no he is a he. He's done a lot of college basketball. Maybe that's what. Uh, for the Big Ten Network. That's yeah, that's yeah, what it is. just something yeah. to do in the offseason. But uh, yeah, uh, Sharon Peters is back. Says Angel Hernandez, put him in the
4: hole. Angel Hernandez needs to get fired. I'm not one for calling for people's jobs, but how does that guy still have a job? He is he is. The worst, Why
0: are you bad-mouthing Angel
4: Hernandez? Because he's the worst umpire in the MLB year after year after year, and that's not my opinion. That's just a fact. He has the most missed calls at anybody in Major League Baseball, and he makes it all about himself. He's just not a good umpire, and, and they, let him, they let him do it because he's built up a name for himself, he, he, his personal brand. Everybody wants to see Angel Hernandez go out there and be a clown, and he's ruining baseball. So shout-out to Angel Hernandez.
0: <laughs> Casey, he just tore down that man off the bench he did that man has feelings no he doesn't he's a human too Elliot. <laughs> that's exactly we have a super chat Jason Dean we didn't know how good we had it in the 1980s with sports broadcasters boy you ain't lying I mean you think about all the major sports and the guys that were on for the different networks you had Madden and Summerall at CBS number one team you had Enberg and Bob Trumpy Number one team for NBC. That's when Fox wasn't even around, obviously. Um, You had on the NBA, Marv Albert. Number one team NBC. Enberg was there for a number of years. Once Enberg went to be the number one football team, they brought in Marv Albert. He did it forever. All those bulls runs in the 80s and 90s. Marv Albert on the call. Uh, National baseball. You had Vin Scully. So many years being the number one team at NBC with Joe Gargiola. And then Bob Costas would later take over there. So, um, yeah, there was a really good run uh, th- back I, in the 80s. I,
2: I recently came across an old-time football game that Vince Scully was, was calling. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I think Tom. that
0: was – if I'm, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting you saw, he was the one who called the throw to Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone. It might have been it. yeah, that, that was it was, I against think that Dallas. Was it. it
2: was it was great. It yep. was great. It was awesome.
0: I yep. love it. Yep.
4: I, I feel like the days of where like um or not umpires, broadcasters give like more of their more of their persona, more of their uh, character traits when they're when they're broadcasting games. I feel like that's gone away. I, when I watch a ESPN football game, I just feel like it's the same tone, yep. it's the same voice. Yep. It's it's almost like you know how every newscast, those news anchors, they talk in the same way, right. formatically. Right. The same dialect. Yeah. Kind of it just that. seems it seems like that's where broadcasting's gone. The days where I, I forget that White Sox guy's name, but he, whenever he would go, you can put it on the board. Hawk yes. Hall like, Carroll. I feel like stuff like guys like that, like that when you when they put their persona into it, I feel like that that's that's gone away from. Well, if you
0: stop and think about this for a second, and, and 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 I had a chance to work with Harry Carey every day for six years. There has never been a bigger personality broadcaster in the history of of sports broadcasting, a bigger personality than Harry Carey. And there was a long time there. A lot of people like to make fun of him because they thought he was drinking near the end, which he wasn't. Uh, He had had a stroke uh, in 87, maybe, something like that. Um, And, you know, he he was a phenomenal announcer. I mean, for a long time with the Cardinals and and ended his career, of course, with the Cubs before he passed away. But, you know, whether it's Harry Carey and that personality, like you're Mm -hmm. talking about, Mm -hmm. whether it was Marty Brenneman being critical of the home team, right? Yeah. Whether it was Hawk Harrelson, um, you know, uh, and, and some of the outrageous stuff that he would say on the air, all in defense of the White Sox. I mean, big time Homer, but said a lot of stuff. You're like, Whoa, you know, Yeah. none of those guys would get hired today. None of them because, and you're talking about some of the greatest announcers, at least in my dad's case and Harry's case that ever lived they're not buttoned up right well it's not even that they're not buttoned up it's just that they they want what these teams want is exactly what elliot just described and what the networks want they want straight vanilla right down the middle man don't make any waves don't say anything it's gonna rock the boat and it's a shame because you know um if you really have xm radio for example and you have that MLB thing where you can just start punching down the line, right? And yeah. going. You you will you will have five or seven guys that sound exactly the same. Oh, no doubt. Right? And then you'll stumble across a Giants game and you got John Miller. hmm Big ligger. hmm Big ligger. Right? Oh yeah. That's what the and and and, and And the other thing is, and I think teams make a terrible mistake on this, and the Reds were always very good about this. They're one of the few. Um, Teams want cheerleaders up there. Now, somebody once said to me, and it kind of struck me because I had been critical of the Reds, and my boss at the time had called me in and something I had said. And he said, now let me ask you a question. He says, how do you think it would go over if Procter & Gamble Hired a spokesperson that stood up there on the podium and said that Tide is a terrible detergent. Pretty good analogy. Right. Right? Right. Kind of eye-opening. Kind of eye-opening. But then I think that you can take it too far because I think a lot of the fans, they want somebody. You don't have to just slam some situation. I was guilty of that many times. Just over and over and over. I remember Brandon Phillips getting picked off at second base. Uh, in a game against Philadelphia back there, BSing with Jimmy Rollins, who's behind him, it would have been the game-winning run, and he gets picked off, and the game goes 18 innings. So for about the last, like, seven innings, all I did was talk about Brandon Phillips talking with Jimmy Rollins and getting picked off, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, okay, you can beat a dead horse. But you still have to be able to say when, you know, mistakes are made, you got to be able to point them out, I think. I agree.
2: I agree. Tom, um, Nick, Nick brings in a, a, good, a good point. Do you think the ability to that anything that these announcers say can get clipped has changed, like the game, like the, the fact that they are a little more buttoned up because they know that everything they say will and can go onto the internet forever?
0: Uh, I'm sure there's something to that. I mean, I think that's society in general, though, right? Right. I think what you see is even if you just liken that to, um, to players, Players used to go out, baseball players. I mean, it's 162 games. You're on the road 90-something days when you figure in off days on the road. You know, from time to time, players want to go in, just hotel bar and get a beer and get away from everything. Or maybe go down the street with three or four of their teammates and have a couple beers. That was commonplace years ago Mm -hmm. before cell phones. Now, very few players ever leave the hotel anymore because they could be sitting there and you know, next thing you know, they're posting uh, Tom Brenneman uh, drinking until 1230. That's why he went 0 for 4 the next day. Yeah. Right? They don't need it. Joe, Joe Madden uh,
2: said that was the reason that the Cubs never took the next stage. It's like these guys just sit in their hotel room and, and don't hang out. and They don't go to the bars. They don't get in trouble till 2 in the morning, which I think was a, an interesting quote as to why your team didn't succeed. He's like, they weren't partying enough. They weren't good. They, they didn't have enough team chemistry. I believe that. I believe it, too, Tom. I believe, I believe it. it.
0: I believe it. I believe it. Um, all right. We got um, Jay Morrison coming up at 11 o'clock. What do you boys want to get into? Because we got to get to the weather a little early since we're having him at 11. So about the next five minutes, anything on your mind? We're going to be covering everything that is Cincinnati Bengals here in about 15 minutes.
2: Yeah, because we're going so Bengals in the second hour, one thing that, that was big, big news here in the, the local area, certainly in the Big Ten, is the stuff that has come out about the University of Michigan. Yeah, and this is this is where I'm putting my hands up, and I'm saying I don't know enough about the situation to where when you read the headlines, right? When when you, when you just see the the story at a, a thousand feet off the ground, and it says they're going to practices or games and stuff like that, and just scouting hand signals. <laughs> what's the problem with that like I, I guess I guess that just seems like a, a fair advantage to go to games and scout like listen if they're going to signal what plays they're going to do why can't why isn't that open to other teams trying to figure that out Tom
0: well I think from what I and, and look at the end of the day nobody knows including right now apparently if you believe what you read in the athletic I read it this morning Michigan has not been given specific charges as to what has been done here Right, so they're waiting to find out. Jim Harbaugh came out and said, hey, all I know is I've never told anybody uh, to go to this practice or go to that game or directed anybody to do this to go steal signs." He says, I've never done it. So he's already on the record as saying, I had nothing to do with it, if it happened. But Michigan is awaiting what at least the formal charges are from the NCAA. Uh, And there are very specific rules. I'm with you. Sign stealing goes on in every sport and, ha- and, and goes on in every sport Correct. as we sit here. Right. That, that goes on. But apparently there are very specific uh, ways in which you can't do that. Now, I don't know what those are because they never really got into specifically, you know, have they said Michigan was spying on practices? Are they saying Michigan was uh, going to games when they're not allowed to go to games off of campus? Things like this. So th- there's a lot of murky water here still, right. but the bottom line is this is now you know two things in the last three months where Michigan's in the news, Michigan football. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you
4: what's going up there with amazing blue. Do you think this would be the end of Harbaugh? No, if if, no. if, if they if they I don't know what the suspension would be. I would assume it would be a bol- a playoff ban of some sort. No, it wouldn't be that.
0: Well, it all depends on what they can prove. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it all depends on what they... I mean, mean, look, we're talking about the same body here. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, the last thing that they hit Michigan with, and Harbaugh got suspended the first three games of this season, you may remember. Yep. Um, uh, It was a joke. It, It was a joke. I mean, basically, you're buying... You know, the NCAA denied it, but basically... Harbaugh was picking up the tab for some guys to eat some cheeseburgers. Right. I mean, it was just so Crazy. ludicrous. And some stuff don't, during COVID don't. and all that sort of thing. Right. Um, are we having problems here? We are. Right? Nope. Nope. We're good. Okay. Um, but this thing. Now, this is one where what they can prove or can't prove um, could have serious repercussions. But then again, you're talking about a body here that... The Kansas Jayhawks had five level one proven violations. And that's the worst level, level one. They had five of them in the basketball program. They made them take down a banner. I mean, would the NCAA really go after Michigan? No. You're talking about one of the biggest brands, unless it's just blatant, brutal something. Because the one difference in this thing is, and I found it fascinating reading the article. Maybe some of you have already seen this. The Big Ten gave Michigan State a chance to cancel the game tomorrow. Michigan plays Michigan State tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And they gave Michigan State, so they must have some, something in their pocket here. They gave them a chance to cancel the game. And Michigan State says, we are fearful for the safety of our players if the other team knows what's happening or about to happen. That's a pretty, pretty serious leap. So are they playing the game? They're playing the game. Michigan said, we're going to play. And the Big Ten Conference apparently has notified all of Michigan's opponents already the rest of this year that you might be affected by this too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, th- th- this kind of thing has gone on forever. But we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, Michigan v. Michigan State. Is tomorrow night. What does this say, Drew Garrison? Drew Garrison has a five dollar super chat. It's a fake
2: witch hunt because him, he, Jim Harbaugh, spoke out against the NCAA
0: ripping off players.
2: Okay. That's fair.
0: That's fair. Whatever. Yep. No problem. All right. Uh Jay Morrison coming up around the corner. But we've got to get you up to speed. Oh, you, you brought breakfast with the weather? No.
4: No. I didn't. What are you talking about, Tom? Elliot. It's time for the weather. It's time for the weather. Look, it's a tropical paradise out here in Hamilton today. Beautiful. I picked a banana right off the tree. That's what I did. I picked it right off. And now I'm going to eat it during this weather broadcast. Here we go. Watch. Watch this, everybody. Mmm. Bananas,
1: bananas give you involuntary
4: reactions, don't they? I love a good banana. Here's the thing, guys. It was raining on the way in. My car was hydroplaning everywhere. It was pretty dangerous, actually. But today, rest of the day in Hamilton, it's a beautiful day. Sunshine, high like 60, low like 45. It's just a good day to be outside, honestly. Casey, why don't I, why don't I have to take your phone real quick? I'm going to look at the weather on your phone. Yeah, here you Us go. Us meteorologists, we share weather, and everybody can do this. There's really no need to watch any kind of weather broadcast because I'm going to tell you. Yeah, it's going to rain until like 12, but then after that, it's just beautiful outside. A lot of clouds, granted, but... You know, it, it's it's still beautiful. So everybody, go outside, bask in the great weather. Uh, right after noon, though, because again, it's it, it will rain until noon, according to our meteorologist tools. Um, but that's that's really what it is. I I, I think this week really has been a, a pretty pretty good week overall. If as a meteorologist, I, I rank with the weeks based on weather, this would probably be in the thirty second ranked week so of, of a fifty two of of a fifty two week year. Yeah. So I, I think it was—it was, it was, it was pretty good. It was—it was pretty good. There's going to be some bad weeks ahead. It's going to get cold. It's going to start. Worse. It's going to start snowing. There's going to be some ice on the ground. But right now, mm,
2: it feels good outside. Of.
4: Ronald
0: Reagan. (laughs) Ronald
2: Reagan, me. Yeah, as Ronald Reagan, I used to be an actor. And one time I did a movie with a chimp who ate a lot of bananas like Elliot's currently eating right now. This is my best Ronald Reagan voice I've got. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall, uh, trickle down economics, all the good things from Ronald Reagan. Casey, take it away.
4: I'll take it back. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I'll take it back. Listen, there's no other need for weather. Don't go to any. It's Friday. If you're watching a weather broadcast at five o'clock tonight, that's on you. The weather is great outside. A little cloudy. The sun's going to poke through. This is Cincinnati, the best weather in the world. This is Hamilton, Ohio, the best weather in the world. It's Always sunny. Go out, bask in it, and let's have ourselves a day. I mean, let's just have, let's just make today the greatest day of all time. And again, I love a banana. Go out to a banana tree and just get a banana for yourself.
2: Those are around.
4: Great, great. It's a great fruit. One of the best fruits we have here in Hamilton. Uh, I, I, I banana think Banana trees everywhere in Hamilton. Banana, there's a banana tree. Every turn you go, there's a banana tree. Right. Tom, back well, to you. It
0: reminds me a lot of many ways when you, uh, for those of you that have had a chance to go there, I've not spent much time in this particular area, but I've been there a handful of times.
1: Tom, when You I'm come
0: familiar. rolling into Hamilton. Yep. The first thing I think of is the resemblance, you know, all the the palm trees,
2: correct? The, right, the, the sunshine,
0: right. Uh, top down on a convertible, a lot like cruising through, say, Rodeo Drive.
2: Yeah. yeah. No. Listen, uh, pe- people call Hamilton the the Bahamas <laughs> of the North. They call it the Bahamas of the North because <laughs> of the weather that we have here and all the palm trees, all the. All the banana trees that we have, the tropical fruit, you just see it on every corner. Um, and on top of that, we got guys that, you know, try to mow cement. So, uh, Casey, get us <laughs> through the ad reads.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're going to want to stay here in this tropical paradise here, northern Bahamas, we're going to need to pay the bills around here.
0: So, oh, without boy. further ado... That, that was a smooth transition. He's good. He's becoming Very a Very nice segue, Casey. He's becoming a without further ado... He is. The Bengals Report is
1: brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies... Provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity.
2: productivity.
1: Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And boy, do I got to tell you about this lovely bottle of water. Pawnee Water, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, also known as the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com. See where you can buy some of this great tasting water that I've already finished today. And for me, it's the pH level of this water. It's not a seven. It's not too high out of nine. It's a perfect date. It's a perfect mm. date. I love perfect dates. Reed, what do you like about this water?
2: Oh, uh, it's a natural limestone filtration. Listen, when it when it goes through the limestone, it doesn't go through lemon pebbles. It goes through limestone. <sighs> and, yeah, it's the involuntary reaction. To every time I drink, take a drink of this, I just got a... <sighs> that was a little bit delayed that time. It <laughs> took, took a little longer to, to, to go <laughs> right on down the gullet. But that's Elliot's favorite thing, how smooth it is.
4: Yeah, well, a- after you eat a nice, uh, pleasant banana... All I want to wash it down with is Pawnee water. It's smooth. It's refreshing. It goes down the gullet. Well, and
0: you're double dipping Hamilton's very own. If you're getting that banana off a Hamilton banana banana tree. tree.
4: (laughs) I forgot it. That was a great point by Tom Brenneman. Listen, you're going to come to Hamilton. You're going to look at all the bananas and all the trees. You're going to grab a banana. Boom. You're going to go to the river, the Hamilton River. You scoop up some Pawnee water with your Pawnee water bottle. And that's all you got. Pawnee water is the greatest water known to man. Everybody should go drink it. Everybody should come to Hamilton for the banana trees as well. But this is not a banana tree ad. This is a Pawnee water ad. Please drink Pawnee water.
0: All right. Well, and and, and to close with Mr. Mo before we get to Jay Morrison, the new logo, Ditch Dasani, Grab Pawnee. Yes. That's right. Yes. yes. How about that? How about that? Big league. Well, speaking of big league, (laughs) um, the Bengals beat writer, beat reporter from Pro Football Network, uh, he is also a proud alumnus of the Ohio University. Look at him; he's he's sporting the the, the pullover. <laughs> I got the sweatshirt on. Uh, they had a tough one last week, Jay. I was very upset because I still think they got the best team in the MAC, but they got to get back on track tomorrow.
3: They do. Uh, I think I'm going to go to that game. We're going down to visit my son this week, and he graduates in December. This might be the last chance we get to to go down and and hang out when we actually have someone there. So. Uh, we're weighing. Do we want to go to Peden Stadium and watch Ohio play Western Michigan, or do we want to go to a bar and watch Ohio State-Penn State? State? Oh.
0: Well, I think I'd watch the Ohio State game, and then I would <laughs> go to Court Street and just spend the rest of the night there in Athens with your son, right?
3: That's a great plan, yes.
0: Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, anyway, let's talk about the Bengals. Now, Look, everybody's been talking. I I really uh, was impressed. And... and I, Maybe he talks all the time. I don't know. But this was the most extensive amount that I've really seen and heard from Brian Callahan. He pretty much laid all the cards on the deck, right, about this offense and, and the coaching staff and players that aren't playing except for Jamar Chase. Um, were you surprised he was that direct about everything going on with the offense?
3: Yeah, I was. Um, it was it was refreshing, you know, that these guys, I I, I don't think, they don't lie to us, but they they have a way of kind of seeing. I guess rose-colored glasses would be the 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 way to put it. And we do. We usually we talk to Brian every week. Sometimes it's on Monday right after a game. Uh, sometimes it's on a Wednesday or Thursday where he's had time to kind of digest the game and get into the next game plan. This was a Monday. This was raw. This was coming right off of that that performance against Seattle where they they looked unstoppable for two drives and they couldn't get out of their own way after that. So. Um, it was, I, I mean, I don't think he was putting on a show. He was, he was expressing anger in the things he was saying, but he was not in that kind of mood where he was ston- – I mean, I think he'd had enough time to, to process it, and he was talking calmly and rationally, but he said that wasn't the case Sunday night when he was re-watching the game on his iPad. And That wasn't the case when he was in the team meeting and letting everybody on that offensive side of the ball know that you all have a hand in this. Everybody, as he said, is, has spent time in the barrel, um messing things up and even he went further uh, you know I asked him about Irv Smith and what what they need to get out of the tight end position and he he pointed out a play in the first quarter where they they had Irv kind of block for a little bit and then cut across the field he was wide open it would have been a touchdown and Jonah Williams and Joe Mixon both missed their blocks and Joe had to dump the ball off to Jamar Chase he couldn't wait for that that route to finish and and a lot of times they'll say one thing breaks down or, you know, one block. Uh, he called Jonah and Joe out on that play in particular. So it's, I, I think it shows where they're at right now. There is some frustration and there is some accountability that needs to happen. And, um, they, they can't just rely on the fact that they turned it on last year after three and three, uh, this, this three and three feels a little different than last mm-hmm. year.
0: Um, well, you know, look, uh, Burrow appears to be healthier the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. He certainly has moved around a lot better. Um, was there anything in there? I mean, you just touched upon a couple of things and calling a couple of guys out on a play and that kind of thing. Was there anything when he was asked, you asked him about uh, potential changes that might be forthcoming in the offense? Was there anything that anything that, that, that sort of caught your ear by surprise or something you found more interesting than whatever else he might have said?
3: Yeah, I mean not personnel changes. Zach kinda hinted at, t- at using maybe Tanner Hudson instead of Irv Smith at tight end, but but Brian's main thing was that they are gonna go back and, and bring back the under center plays. They it was this time last year. I think it was after week six last year, the Baltimore game, maybe it was week five, but they they abandon under center and went almost exclusively to shotgun because that's what Joe likes. That's what he's what's what Burrow likes, that's what he's more comfortable in. And they went to this, they just changed the the whole running game to this downhill uh gun run and they were efficient they weren't explosive but the, it did turn around the run game somewhat and they've just gotten too predictable and and it sounds like the plan was to put some more under center stuff back in anyhow and then when joe hurt his calf that all went out the window they don't want him back like that with a with a bad calf but now that he is 100 i do think we're going to see more of that more of them going under center and that'll help the run game but where where it can really open up this offense is the, the the play action element out of out of when you're under center it just really sucks up the defense and it'll it'll give some opportunities for jamar chase to get some balls down the field or maybe andre yosivas maybe we see some more of him and take some shots to him and uh they they need to expand this offense right now it's just jamar chase and nobody else and they, they've got to find a way to get these other guys going
0: uh, is the criticism of Smith fair?
3: I mean, he's missed two games and that's what he came in with was the knock of yep. you know, having struggling to stay healthy. Um, he missed two games with a hamstring. So he's only played four games. Um, it's just, he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities. You look at that Arizona game, they threw 49 passes. They had zero tight end targets. Um, that, that's just unheard of. The, the last time a team in the league through that many passes and didn't target a tight end was 2011. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick did it with Buffalo. I mean, they did throw one to him in that game, and it was over. It was overturned, or was uh, canceled by a defensive pass interference penalty. So they did technically target him, uh, but plays like that one I mentioned Sunday where they wanted to target him, uh, but the, the O-line just didn't hold up. But still, you think about the very first drive in Cleveland, that disaster in Cleveland, a third and one, Burrow hits him right in the hands and he drops it. And then the the one um, uh, the games are running together now. I, mm-hmm. I I believe it was the Baltimore game where he hit him down the sideline for a big game yep, early. Yep. I think I was opening series two and he couldn't get the the second foot down. Um, he had one go off his hands Sunday against Seattle. So he hasn't got a lot of opportunities, but he hasn't cashed in on the opportunities he's gotten. And you know if if you lose trust from from Joe Burrow, it that's a, that's a hard hill to come back from. I mean, it got Mike Thomas cut. Last year and then that's when Trent irwin stepped in and, and and started playing well because he got more opportunities after they got rid of mike thomas so it i i guess it is fair uh there, there's probably a reason he's not getting targets maybe he's not open as much uh, but you got to cash in on those those easy ones those ones that you can convert on third down those are just killers
0: um, talk to me, Jay, a little bit about, uh, this offensive line. I mean, they're, they're spending a fortune on this group. I mean, outside yeah. of the left guard, uh, everywhere else, free agents and, or number one draft pick on a big contract. Um, c- can they get better? Will they get better?
3: Yeah, I think they will. Uh, they should. I mean, you're, you're still talking about Orlando Brown Jr. Is, is new. He's, he's. I mean, he's a veteran in the league, but he's new to this scheme. He's new to these teammates. Uh Cordell Volson is still learning. Jonah is playing right tackle for the first time in his career. So there's there's a lot of moving pieces there to, that you can kind of explain the slower start. I think they are still way better than they were at this time last year. Um and, and part of it too, you have to it it seems like we go back to it a lot, but I mean, Joe Burrow's calf kind of dictates everything, and yep. they—they—they were—I mean, they had a thin margin for error. Anyhow, when you look at those defensive fronts, they played those first few games, but then when you've got a quarterback that's a sitting duck back there, you have to be almost perfect, and that's that's really hard to do in this league. And um, yeah, some some got through. They've gotten caught more so on blitzes and, and stunts than they have just gotten whipped one on one. So that's that's been encouraging because you have to figure Frank Pollock's been in this league long enough. Four of those five offensive linemen have been in this league long enough. They're going to get that figured out. There, you know, other teams are going to scheme up and they're going to get you every now and then. But I do think that we're going to see this offensive line start looking a little better now that you. I mean, Joe Burrow being able to escape the pocket is going to make him look better on his own. But I, too, I just see them kind of growing together, and they're going to have to get better because they're not going to be they're not going to be able to get where they want to go with the way they're playing right now. Even though it's better than what it was last year.
0: All right, look, the defense looked terrible uh, early in the season, and I think you could probably make uh, the case of, of Lou Anarumo having, you know, two brand-new safeties. I think that's a part of the whole thing. Um, the, the, the defensive line the last game, uh, you, you've forgotten more about this than I know. If that group can play like that every game, this becomes a great defense again, and I, and I think they've been great the last two years but they have a chance to really be something else. If they can get uh, Sam Hubbard, I've never seen him play as well as, as he did last week.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That was maybe one of the best games I've seen him play The the whole, the D line as a whole, but I don't know that they can keep playing like that because they, he Lou leaned on them hard. I mean, there were times in that fourth quarter where they, he should have subbed out and brought in the backups and he's like, I'm riding with my core four. There's just the games on the line. And it's a, it's a, a volume position when it comes to snaps and snap percentages. And um, you can't have DJ Reader playing 51 51 snaps every week. And you can't have BJ Hill up in the 80% of the snaps. The key here, those guys are great, but the key here is managing their workload and and getting some of these backups to step up so that that Lou has the trust to give his starters breaks. Not just when the game's on the line, you're probably not gonna do that, but as the game goes on and and give them a series or two off, maybe even two in a row, and we saw Cam sample. He played really well. He got his first sack. He almost fell offsides on that play, and he still reset and then got in and got the sack. Uh, where they really need, they need first round pick Miles Murphy to give him more. They need more from Zach Carter. They, they talked, they raved about him in the offseason about, you know, last year he was playing undersized inside against NFL grown men when he, he came out of Florida as a as an edge rusher. So he beefed up in the offseason, but we just haven't seen that translate. Um, it, it, it's just – and Joseph Osai really hasn't – He, I know he was hurt to start the year, but he barely played this past week against Seattle. They they need those guys. They need to have that true eight-man rotation uh, to really take this defense where it needs to be. And so far, the backups just haven't been holding up their end. Okay.
0: If you were a betting man, uh, Jay, um, do you, you, no, no, look, going out to San Francisco and winning is a tall order the first game back after the draft – I mean, after the bye – This will be the last game between now and the trade deadline in the NFL, which is at the end of this month on Halloween, I believe. It's the 31st deadline. Um, The Bengals traditionally have not been a team that goes out and makes, you know, move, moves, whatever the case might be at the trade deadline, but they clearly have some areas where they need to get better. I think there's something like $12.5 million under the salary cap. Uh, Do you think there's a chance we see a trade?
3: I, I, should we? Yes. Will we? I. I don't think so. I, they just. They don't like giving up draft picks, and I don't know that there's a fit out there where you would get a, a player for player kind of swap. Um, but yeah, I mean they. They really. I mean, the signing Irv Smith wasn't. I thought that was a gamble worth taking. He's ve- he's very inexpensive. He's a former second round pick. You you don't have much to lose there, and then you draft a guy. Well, that's the part that they they ignored. They did not draft anybody, and it was a great tight end draft. So, I don't know what what would be available out there. But again, I just it's not really in this this team's DNA to, to give up draft picks, especially when you you've got all these huge contracts coming and due, and you're going to have to sustain this roster through the draft. And I even if it's a seventh round pick, I don't know that they're going to be willing to part with it. Um, I know there's been talk about maybe going out and getting SMJP Ryan bring him back um but you know he has to be willing I I don't know that he the Bengals offered him the same amount of money Denver did and and he opted to go to Denver I think he wanted to get out from Joe Mixon's shadow he's been playing b- behind Joe Mixon since college so I I just don't know that there's there's options out there that that could really be a major difference maker but they they've got to figure something running back I just see give Chase Brown more opportunities he could yep. be that guy um and, and then tight end it's it's hard because you you're probably not going to keep four guys on the active roster so Mitchell Wilcox has a role on special teams Drew Sample has a role in the run game so it would pretty much take cutting Irv Smith to promote Tanner Hudson from the practice squad I don't know that they're willing to do that but if they do make a move that's the the two areas I think it could happen are running back or a tight end, but I'd still put it in the 10% possibility. Okay. All right.
0: Jay, we appreciate your time. Uh, if you're going down to Athens, safe travels, my yeah. friend, early, congratulations to your son graduating thanks. from Bobcat world. Doesn't get any better than that.
3: Yeah. He's smarter than me. He's going into civil engineering, not journalism. <laughs>
0: yeah. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> hey, Jay, thanks for your time, man. Great to see you. All right. Sure. Thanks. Jay Morrison. Kind enough to, um, uh, Join us. What jumps off the, uh, the page for you uh, on that, boys?
2: Well, the biggest thing that I heard from there is uh, the fact that the, the Bengals, and we heard this earlier in the week, that they're going to be more committed to running under center. Uh, that was something that when Joe was hurt or perceived hurt and couldn't wasn't very mobile, everyone's like, well, we got to go under center to get the ground game going. And I personally said, I don't want Joe to ever turn his back to the defense, especially with a hurt, hurt calf. Now he's a little more... Mobile, now he's back closer to 100%. Now I want them to go under center a lot more. I, I, I think that you can run the ball better out of shotgun. But as Jay put, as multiple people have brought up, when you go under center, it adds the element of the play-action pass more to the offense. And I think that's what this team's missing. Yep. Because that's why the run game hasn't been there. That's why the deep pass game hasn't been there. Is because we're not fooling the defense at all. When we run the ball, they know we're running the ball. When we throw the ball, they know we're running throwing the ball. There's no diversity there, Tom, and I think going under center gives us a lot more opportunities to fool the defense. My, my biggest thing, and again, it's
4: not everybody knows it's going to happen, but when you look at a trade deadline, I, and I know the NFL's trade deadline is vastly different than every other league. It's by far, it has by far the least hype. Uh, there's never any monster moves. But it is, it, it is weird to say that we're all contempt with the Bengals just never, ever making a move at the deadline. That, to me, is just strange. I, I, I mean, maybe it's just the way Mike Brown does it. Maybe it's the way the organization's always been, and, and they're just committed to that. But at some point, you have, a, you have an opportunity to make your team better. And if, if I have to give up a draft pick or two for a player that can make a difference right now, I wouldn't hate it. I think it's, I think it's a little bit different than trading prospects in baseball. I think it's vastly different. But – I, I, would, I would make a move. If I were the Bengals, I would go out and make a move. We don't have a tight end uh, right now, which is, which is, which is big. I, I, Irv, Irv Smith Jr. is not doing it. He's not cutting it. I would go out. I would look for a tight end. I'd bring one in so Joe Burrow can have somebody to throw to. Well,
0: the name that keeps getting thrown around, I mean, at least as far as the rumor mill is concerned, is Darren Waller with the Giants. Now, that guy's a stud.
2: Yeah, Darren Waller is someone that's been brought up. Listen, Tom, when, it, when I— He's a He's a stud. I cannot deny the fact that the Bengals would be better with Darren Waller. I can't deny the fact that the Bengals would be better if they go out and get a legitimate tight end. But at the same, in the same jest, I don't think that solves the problems that we're currently seeing with the offense. Sure, it alleviates them a little bit. To me, it feels almost like a person that is just financially inept. You know, they're in thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. Um, and all these things and they say all right, what am I gonna do to financially make it better? Well, I'm gonna start a retirement plan. It, it, it helps, but it doesn't solve the problem. That is this offense it, it Nothing will really move the needle for me into this offense. The only thing that really makes this offense better is playing better I think that they have the talent. I think they have the roster makeup to be a very very good offense when you keep wanting more, when you keep wanting something else, it doesn't feel like you're focusing, streamlining on the problems at hand. And that's just simply the play call and the execution of the team. I don't think a tight end, bring in tight end, really solves anything. OK. I disagree a little bit just yeah. because I, I think you can,
4: this team was built around the offense. Reed said it all year long. Everybody said it all year long. The, team, this, the Bengals 2023 roster is built around our offense. The offense is not cutting it. I don't see why another offensive piece couldn't at least help the situation.
2: It, right, it does it does help the situation. It certainly adding Darren Waller doesn't make the team worse. That's not what I'm arguing. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if the t- if the offense wants to get to the level that we think it can play at, Darren Waller doesn't do that. Yeah.
1: I that's agree with not
2: that. what gets us to the next level. It certainly helps. It certainly makes the team a little better, but that's not the pieces that is missing from this offense. It's simply play calling and execution. Those yeah. are the two things that until those things happen, adding Darren Waller doesn't make us an elite offense.
1: Yeah, I think what – uh, I agree with you, Reed. I don't think Darren Waller is the guy that you would be looking at. He is a receiving threat, not much of a blocker, can block, but it's like Irv Smith all over again. I mean, maybe you get a step up and he's your fourth target still. I don't think that changes much for you. If anything, the Bengals should be looking at a guy like Hunter Henry. From the Patriots, who can block, and then you have some added receiving threat, uh, like a better version than Drew Sample, basically, because that's all we have right now as a blocking piece is Drew Sample, and that's just not enough. You you really need. Your Don't
2: talk work. bad about my Drew Sample, Casey. I,
1: I, I won't talk bad about him, but I'm just saying like you
0: already did. <laughs>
1: I, I did. Have many I, 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 I but, apologize. You know, but I it's neither here,
0: I don't want to interrupt.
1: Yeah, I apologize to him, somewhat. Uh, yeah, but the Bengals—they—they they need desperately some sort of solution. I think, honestly, at the in terms of a blocking tight end that can also double as a receiving threat, because Drew Sample, when they throw him in there, they know he's blocking, and that's all he's doing.
2: Listen, listen, Jolly Jolly just put in this chat. And I he's think Ellie, right. I. Ellie, Everything that everyone is saying is true. Darren Waller is a top five tight end. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm just saying that when you look at the offense, wanting outside pieces doesn't solve the problem at hand. This offense is already talented enough to be a top five offense in the league. So the fact that it's the 32nd offense in the league isn't because it's missing a tight end. Yes, if you get Darren Waller, this offense is better. Yes, if you get Darren Waller, this offense and or this pass offense and the run offense is going to be better. But it doesn't solve the problems at hand, Tom. It simply doesn't. It makes it better, it alleviates the problem, but at the end of the day, we've got to have better play call, we've got to have better execution. If you keep looking for outside things to make your team better, if you keep, and the same thing goes for life. If you if you're having a bad time and you keep looking for other people to make your days better, to make your life better, you're gonna have a tough time. And I think that's what this offense. is. Yay doing.
0: or nay? If you only had to give up a sixth or seventh round pick for Darren Waller, are you making a deal? In a
2: heartbeat, Tom. All in right. a heartbeat.
0: Okay. I, so you take? It. I wouldn't. I mean, he hasn't had a top.
1: He hasn't had a top five season in like three years, he's guys. Like he's been hurt. Yeah, but that's a sign that he's slowing down too. Like. Yeah, he's been hurt for three years. That's not good. I mean, there are other. Like, options. That's it's exactly not, what's wrong not with Irv Wall- Smith is he's been hurt too. But no, and including his contract, it's ridiculous. His contract would, if you guys didn't like the TJ Hawkinson contract, you're not gonna like Darren Waller's contract.
4: I, I'm just saying, a guy like Tyler Tyler Eifert helped the Bengals when they had AJ Green, Marvin Jones, and all those guys. So I agree with you. I I, I do think having somebody another guy to throw to that isn't Trent Irwin. With all due respect, he's been great. He's been phenomenal. But are, having a fourth option being Darren Waller over Trent Irwin, I
2: think helps. I guess, I guess the point I'm, I, I, I'm trying to illustrate, maybe I'm not doing it a good enough job, is if this team plays like they're currently playing, if this offense plays like they're currently playing, and you throw Darren Waller into the mix, congratulations. You go from being the 32nd best offense to the 26th. That doesn't do it. Well, that's improving, though. It is, but I, and that's the point. But not I'm where like, you want to be. right. If this team wants to be a top 10 offense, if this team wants to be a top five offense, which we all know it currently has the the players to do that, they currently, if you look at this offense and you see all the money that they've spent on the offensive line, if you look at this offense and you see that Joe Burrow's the quarterback and Joe Mixon's the running back and the, the wide receiving core that they currently have, and you don't think this offense can be a top 10 offense, I don't know what to tell you. And adding Darren Waller certainly makes the team better. I'm not arguing that, I'm just saying that until this offense has better play call, until this offense plays better with the players that are currently on the staff, on roster, this offense isn't going to be elite.
0: Well, um, you know, I mean, look no further than T. Higgins. Yeah. You basically don't even know the guys on the team. I mean, really. And now look, he's got a broken rib. He played last week after missing the week before. You give the guy a lot of credit. He's always been a gamer. He's always been a great player here. Uh, But this is a year where, you know, he had a chance to 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 start piling up some, uh, you know, big time cash looking ahead to next year. And uh, this injury has slowed him down. And, you know, he started off so poorly uh, early in the year with the drops. But they've got to get him involved. I mean, you know, believe me, I'd love to see Darren Waller here, but we know it's not happening. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Right, that's, and that, it's not going to happen. You know, a lot point. of people would rather see uh, Zach Taylor give up the play call. Uh, and we, we had Brian Billick on early in the week. And we talked to him uh, about this, about being a head coach and being the play caller. He said he tried it and it doesn't work. And he was an offensive mastermind. I mean, you know, some people have said Zach Taylor's an offensive mastermind. Well, I mean, you know, he was a coordinator at UC. And I don't know how many good players they had right? But they had a bad offense. And he, he was never in command of the Rams offense out there under Sean McVay. He was a coach on that staff and a very good one. Mm-hmm. And he's been an excellent head coach. Play caller? Don't know. Um, but, but Brian Billick said, I mean, the, the, the point I'm trying to illustrate was Billick had a track record as a play caller. He was calling the plays in Minnesota when he was offensive coordinator under Denny Green. And they broke every offensive single season record in virtually every category there was on those Minnesota teams. So when he becomes the head coach of the Ravens, he's thinking, well, I've been so good at calling plays, I'm going to continue to call plays. He said, and then he realized that that wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. So he handed it off. uh, And then years later, had to take it back for a short time, as he talked about on um, Monday this week. And we'll visit with him again uh, Monday this coming week with uh, Brian Billick. By the way, Luke Maley is going to join the program. Let's go. Let's go. awesome. That is really cool. We appreciate uh, Rob Butcher with the Reds and his help. Maley signed the contract yesterday for this season, club option for the following year. Local kid makes good, good for him. And we're excited to have him on the program on Tuesday. That'll be at 11 o'clock Tuesday, and hopefully no problems there. All right, now look, we've got lots to get to here in the last uh, 40 minutes or so. We have our picks. A lot of picks. A lot of picks for the weekend. We also have... Draft or die. Draft or die.
2: So, yeah. So, Tom, we were explaining this to Tom for you guys that have watched, and I know you guys know it, but every week we, we pick two teams to win. And if they both lose, you die. And the dying punishment here is that you've got to read uh, off the teleprompter, whatever Elliot writes. So Casey, who picked the Eagles and the 49ers last week, tough. I mean, I, I mean, I think that literally only loses one time a year. Yeah, that's uh, brutal. And uh, yeah, he lost. So Casey's gonna have to read off the teleprompter. So I think we're gonna have to do some shifting around at some point here. If because uh... what? No, Casey, 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 are you able to see
4: my TV from over there? If I do this.
1: No or yet. Uh, yeah, I should be able to read it as
0: long as you can zoom it. Yeah, I'll, I'll zoom, I'll zoom yeah. it really good. All right. Okay, so are we going to have him start this? What do we want to do first? We want to do picks or we're going to do draft or die first? We'll
2: finish with picks. So we'll do draft or yeah, die, let's Tom. let's get draft or die. We'll right. do draft or die. <laughs> okay. So uh, we got to draft our teams for the next week here first. Okay. We do have an intro for it. Yes, we do have an intro for it. So, Casey, run that intro. Hit
1: the trap.
2: Hit the trap.
0: Draft. Die. Draft. Die. Draft draft. Die, die, die. Draft draft. Die, die, die. Draft or die. Who, 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 who did that? We all did. Yeah. We all, I, all I, did I know, but I mean, team. who did it? Who did it? Casey and I. Whose voice is that?
4: Casey and I. Both of our voices. We're both in there. I'm not a part of it, Tom. I'm not a part of it. He just said you were. I was not. No, just. Casey. Oh,
0: you said Casey. Okay, all right. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Okay, it. all right. Reed well,
4: helped give us uh, picture ideas. versus was, was the. I was the.
2: I was I'm the. I'm the James Rapine intro. That's all I've got to my name. in, in that's the, a good one. And the Kerman intro. That's a very good one. That's okay. a big, big league so, intro. So we've got to to decide our drafting order. We do this hundred yard dash, which is just the goofiest thing in the world. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna decide who goes first. And okay. Then we're gonna pick
0: Whoever finishes. So yeah. who's where?
1: Tom, you are in the middle, at the bottom middle. I'm right. at the top middle. Reed is up top. Elliot's at the bottom. Let's
0: go, Elliot. Let's go, Elliot. Run, baby. Run. It like, looks like Tom's in the uh, – no, s- slipping Ooh, now, like slipping. last week. Everybody knows Elliot is oh, the best, best five-yard sprinter
4: in the world. I can beat anybody in the world in the five-yard sprint. That's a foul. Don't let
2: me come back. Don't let I, me come I'm back. Lagging. I'm lagging. I'm not built, built for stamina. I'm going
4: I'm through the mud. not built for stamina. Stuck
0: in quicksand. But here we go. I'm
4: running. <laughs> is Elliot <laughs> going to finish this? Go, baby. Ooh, go, baby.
0: Speed, Tom. Oh,
1: no, here I, mean, I come. Let's well, oh, go right to oh, the end. Oh! Tom! First speed. Come Elliot. on. Come on. Oh! Read-a-roo? read Oh, uh, Reed's first. Yes. And Elliot second.
4: Oh, Tom. Tom
1: is last. Tom, Ooh. you lose. Tom
0: is last. You... I crossed the goal line before you did. Tom, oh, you got it's about four. Who gets in. The, you have to cement
4: yourself in the goal. Or in the end zone, Tom. Everybody knows that. That's what this it says. Reed's first, is two weeks in second, a row, second, have third.
0: This is, uh, uh, Next you gonna pick week, like? Bob's picking who I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not letting you guys decide because that's rigged. Fair enough. Fair <laughs>
2: enough. I think uh, I'll take the 49ers on Monday Night Football against the Vikings on the road. I think they bounce back. So, yeah, give me the 49ers. Okay. I will take the Browns
4: against the Colts.
0: That's a good pick. No, yeah, I'll no, tell
4: you, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Because I'll be at that game, Tom. I will be in Indianapolis for the Browns versus Colts game. Congrats! Awesome. I'll, I'll be cheering. I'll be cheering on the Fighting Browns. Well, um, actually, no. I probably shouldn't be. I should probably cheer on the Colts for the division. Why game. are you going to that game? My buddy got tickets.
0: Okay. Why and not? S-
4: somebody, somebody gave him tickets. He's like, "Yeah, do you want to go? We had an extra one." I'm not like, "Sure,
0: great, okay." Good. Indianapolis not too far of a drive. Yeah, easy ride,
4: and a great building. Great building. Yeah. One of, the best, one of the best venues in America, I'd no say, doubt for about. watching sports. No doubt. Um,
1: I'm third, right? So I'm going to take Buffalo versus New England. Ooh. Okay.
0: Good pick. Ooh. Tom? Tom, you got two back-to-back. Back. Two picks in a row. I go back-to-back back here, right?
2: Yep. You just got to okay. have one that's a winner.
0: All right. I am going to take – let's see here. I am going to take Tampa Bay to beat Atlanta. Okay. Okay. Mm. And then I'm going to take the Rams to beat the Steelers. Ooh.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, wow, I think the, the Rams are favored there. All um, right. Go ahead, Case.
1: So some of the games we have not picked yet. Raiders, Bears, Washington Giants, Detroit, Baltimore. I'm going to go with Seattle versus That's
4: Arizona. Pick.
0: That's a good pick. I should have picked.
4: I am going to go with, I think the Commanders win that game. Okay,
2: Commanders. He took the Browns. I'm going to take the Colts. I think the Colts bounce back. What them. was your first play? What? Yeah. He took the Browns. I'm taking the Colts.
4: That's wild. That's a wild
2: move. I love it. Yeah. What? I got the 49ers against the Vikings, and then I got oh, the Colts yeah. to beat the Browns.
4: All right.
1: Good
0: enough. Okay. Now, what, what do you have to do to pay off the loss last week?
2: All right, so here's what he's got to do, Tom. Elliot, we, we put Elliot in the lab. We said, hey, you've got to read a teleprompter. Last time we did this, I lost it, Tom, and I had to say several uh, poop jokes, which just, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, so I, my, The goal is if, 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 he, if, he, if he misreads it, if he laughs, he has to
4: restart this whole thing over again. So he has to get through this entire thing straight-faced, Tom. That's your punishment. Okay. Okay. Yep.
1: Which, by the way, right off the bat, you spelled my name wrong, my last name. My name is Casey Casey Angus Beef McAllister. This is my story. When I was a wee little lad, I used to take big old
4: poops. (laughs) Straight face. That's not a laugh. I'll continue it.
1: Used to take big old poops around my house. I'd poop in the car. I'd poop on the couch. I'd poop on the walls. Once the pooping stage of my life was over, I became something of a dancer. (laughs) I was a world champion ballet boy at the age of 10. I used to compete against great competitors such as Charlie bit my finger kid. The I like turtles kid, as well as Ricky Gervais. Gervais. Gervais, Ellen DeGeneres saw one of my clips of me dancing and she invited me on the show. We danced along with all the 45 year old moms, but then she called the police because I accidentally pooped on the audience. As I got older, I grew more mature. I became the person my rural family life inspired me to be. I became a butcher. Casey, the beef butcher, is what they called me. One day during high school, my best friend, Donkey Dave, said he wanted to prank the school and place a donkey in the halls of Blanchester High. I shut down that idea and offered a cow instead. I picked the sweetest, most beautiful cow in the yard. Cock a doodle doo, the cow says moo. Her name was Blanny. It was all laughs until I shoved that fat cow down the stairs, <laughs> and she died. She's dead. Beep boop, beep boop. <laughs> oh God,
2: Tom, do you remember what started? Happened to your <laughs> <laughs> Tom, do you ever wonder what happens? <laughs>
1: this is a long, long moment. Where is my career? It. I sharded I my pants. Bye-bye.
2: <laughs> oh. Tom, this is a very serious sports show. <laughs> um, so, after we get through that lunacy, we've got very <laughs> serious picks. <laughs>
1: very serious picks going oh. on here.
4: <laughs> I'm so good at making myself laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. Oh, Tom you want to give that, try? <laughs> give that paragraph a try
0: God. you <laughs> better where, 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 not lose where, where, Tom that's where, all we gotta where say has Tom, could my, you, Tom, could where you... has my career gone <laughs> to quote Brian Billick who once said I used to be somebody and now I'm talking about and listening to Casey going to the bathroom in his pants
1: <laughs> sharding in my pants Tom
0: to be more clear pooping not good not good um, okay, picks time. let's go. We got picks. This got is picks. what we like. We're starting in the college football world. The game of the weekend. You have Penn State undefeated ranked seventh. Ohio State undefeated ranked third. Four and a half point favorite of the mighty Buckeyes at the Horseshoe Ohio Stadium in Columbus. Reed, where are you going?
2: Tom, uh, it's a uh, pretty well documented that I'm not a big fan of Ohio State. I think that is very uh, – I think that's run its course. That being said, I love the Buckeyes this weekend.
0: Oh, gosh.
2: So, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to even reverse jinx it. I'm, I'm being serious. I'm going to put a lot of my hard-earned money here at Chatterbox Sports, and I'm going to put it on the Buckeyes to cover this game. I think that uh, playing at home – um, I think that people are a little down on Ohio State because of their toughness and Ryan Day trying to get in a fight with Lou Holtz. Bit aside, I think Ohio State wins. I think they win big. I really do, Tom. Wow. I
4: really okay, do. Elliot. Yeah, this is this is a revenge game. All that stuff Lou Holtz said about the Buckeyes, it's it's really going to manifest here. He said they weren't tough. He said they weren't inspired. They're going to come out inspired. They're going to come bashing heads. This is going to be a win for the Buckeyes. I think I might take alternate line. Buckeyes minus 70 and a half. Because that's how confident I am. in Tom Brenneman's Buckeyes, the best team in Ohio. They dethroned Ohio University. The Bobcats, who Tom also said was the best team in Ohio. I said they were they the team They lost by 30 to one win Ohio Northern Ohio Illinois. University. But Ohio State's going to show up this time. He's going to prove Tom right. Uh, and all the Ohio State Buckeye fans, LeBron James. LeBron James is the biggest Buckeye fan we all know. He is going to get this win for him. Ohio State wins this game 70 to nothing. You think LeBron James will be at the game? Probably will. No, he'll be where's where's Michigan, Ohio State this year? It's in Michigan. Okay, then yeah, he'll be at this one. He'll be at this one. Okay. All right. Case. Tom. Tom
0: you the lover of Penn State.
1: I do. I love Penn State. And you know what? Penn State, they're tough. They're gritty. They grind. They get tough yards. Three yards, four yards, five yards. And they just hand the ball off to their three-headed monster. And Drew Allar, most efficient quarterback right now in college football, not turning the ball over, getting those tough yards. Penn State doesn't stand a chance. They are too soft for Penn State. Penn State's number one defense,
0: going to shut them down. Tom? So you're taking the Nittany Lions. I'm taking Nittany Lions. Four and a half point spread. Go, you mighty Bucks. That's my pick. Good pick. Good pick, Tom. Big league viewing at high noon tomorrow. Are you, are you going? I know. I know no, I, I couldn't. You know, I couldn't get, get, get anybody to go. Get my anybody. wife is not me. She would go, but she's not like into it. She's a Notre Dame alum, right? Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine and I were talking last night. I'm like, man, let's just go. Because uh, I normally would go with a good friend of mine who uh, is up there, but he's going out to Arizona for his uh, kid's 21st birthday in college. So he's not going. So, But I'll be dialed in on the home front. Dialed in. All right, next up.
1: By the way, Sir Boy said he would go with you.
0: He did? <laughs> wow. I may have to reach out to Sir Boy then.
1: I'll see. We got Tennessee versus Alabama. Bama minus nine. Reid, do you want to go first?
2: Sure, I'll go first. Yeah, listen, I, I, as someone who isn't a huge fan of college football, there's been one constant over my lifetime, and that's been Alabama has been the best team in the land. Um, everyone is out on Alabama. They are nine-point favorites against a good Tennessee team, and I think Alabama is going to wipe the floor with them. Give me the Crimson Tide. It's a big number, nine. Nine's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. But for that reason
4: alone, excuse me, for that reason alone, I'm going to take Alabama. I think Alabama. I think they're going to win easily. I think it's. This is a spread that you're thinking like right now as a gambler. They shouldn't be favored by nine points. They've looked horrible. Tennessee's not a bad team. That's why. That's why you got to adjust it in your brain. You got to fix the wires up there and say, you know what, Alabama is going to win by a hundred because it doesn't make sense. They shouldn't win by a hundred.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you, Elliot. They should win by 100, um, just based off your logic. I mean, last year it came down right to the wire. I think Tennessee won that game, right? Yeah, they won that game. But it's not the same Tennessee team this year. And it goes to show. Bama favored by nine. Doesn't make sense. Got to take Alabama.
0: Tennessee got slaughtered at the swamp. And uh, Florida's not very good. Uh, You know, they're okay, but they're not great. Uh, and this is a far better team, Alabama, than Florida. Um, Alabama rolls. Roll, tide, oh, all roll. Right, all right. Well, now I got to switch it because
4: everybody picked Alabama. So here's – all right. I Forget what I said. The spread being nine is absurd. Alabama's not rolling anything. They haven't looked good. Nick Saban is washed. Jacob Tissett's Alabama – Nick Saban what? He is washed.
0: As in washed
4: up? As in, as in his career is toast. It's over for him. He's not winning another national championship game ever. I am taking Tennessee, the Volunteers, to win this game outright. That is how confident I am in the Volunteers. We're forgetting that game in the Swamp against Emory Jones Gators. We're, we're forgetting about it. I am on to Tennessee right now. Everybody put your mortgage on Tennessee plus nine. It should never be nine. The spread should probably be like three and a half, but it's nine. Take Tennessee.
0: Okay. All
1: right. As we move on.
0: are going against the grain there. All right, here we have. I'm telling you, this. it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if this, if this turns out to be a good game. Because Duke is pretty good. I mean, they got a pretty good team. They've only lost once. That was against Notre Dame. And that game went right down to the end. Um, but Florida State. They're back on the national scene for the first time in seemingly forever. This is the biggest game in Tallahassee in a long time. Uh, but that number is too rich for my blood. That's that say 14 and a half? Yep, 14 and a half. I'm taking the Blue Devils at 14 and a half. Yeah, that's a lot of points, man. That's
2: a lot of points to lay, but I think people are overvaluing Duke. I think that Duke is, I mean, clearly they're having one of their best teams in program history. That being said, this is big boy football. FSU is for real. They're going to be serious contenders come years end for the college football playoff. I think they're going to come out of the ACC. I think they're going to be in the college football playoff. And I think that FSU rolls here. Listen, I don't want to spoil the rest of the picks, but there's going to be a lot of favorites for my picks. And I, I, like, I like the Seminoles.
0: I, I want to check one thing real quick as it was brought up in the chat. Before I say this for sure, um, Riley Leonard, the quarterback, very talented quarterback for Duke, uh, has been hurt. He got hurt, in fact, in the Notre Dame game. Uh, And I'm trying to find out if this dude is playing or not. He says he could return. That was as of yesterday. Has a chance at returning.
4: That doesn't sound very optimistic, so I'm going to take take Florida State. I'm going to take Florida State to wallop the Blue Devils. Uh, It's a basketball school.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you, Elliot. Um, FSU is going to just mollywop these guys. I think think 14-and-a-half, though, is like – I would rather have it be 13-and-a-half. I'd feel super confident in 13-and-a-half. This is just – I don't like the hook there. But if you can get at 13-and-a-half, I think that's a lock. And we've got two two super chats, Tom. One from Big Corey. Yep. Says, uh, Elliot, Colts are debuting their new jerseys just for you. And then one from Chitown Real Estate. Chat Power Rankings plug. Um, yeah, I'll be
0: doing them today. So nice. You're doing them today. Yep, I'll be doing them today. Uh somebody said in the chat, Quitter Paul, remember him? <laughs> Somebody said in the chat that Quitter Paul now has a podcast with Sean Miller Mm -hmm. every week. But Quitter Paul, before he became Quitter Paul, could not get Sean Miller to come on this program. Damn! Wes Miller came
2: on. Darren
4: Darren Horn Horn came
0: on.
2: on. Chuck Martin came
4: on. Chuck Martin
0: came on. Urban Meyer came on. Dusty Baker came on. World Series winning manager, national championship, two time national champ, three time national championship. College football coach. He came on. Darren Horn, leader of men. Norse. Norse. he Norse up. He came on. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's really sad to see. but I don't know if I've ever shared that with any of you, that we've not had Sean Miller on the program. We've, I, I don't think it's been brought up the first time you've heard it. It's the first the time I've yeah. heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what's next? <laughs> this is nonsense.
1: We got Utah versus UC. UC favored by seven.
0: Women. This is Utah, USC, right? Yes. Sorry, okay. USC. Right. Okay. Did I say USC? Um, Reed, start us off, please. Once again, I told you guys,
2: I teased it last pick. I, I like a lot of favorites this week in college football. I think after the debacle that they had last week against Notre Dame, I think USC comes back and they have a statement game against the Utes. Uh, yeah, like USC, Kayla Williams is going to throw for five touchdowns. I'm
4: going to take Utah. I think Utah's better. I think Utah's better. I think USC has a fraudulent defense. I think their quarterback talks a lot of stuff. He wants to be an owner of an NFL team, which is pretty wild. That's wild. I, I think we were going to talk about that a little bit today. We're going, to, we're going to run out of time. But basically, Caleb Williams said the team he gets drafted to, he wants to now be a be a part owner of the team.
2: I don't even think that's legal.
1: Yeah, I don't think it is either. And I have to agree with you, Elliot, And also Drew Garrison, I'm with you. I think Caleb Williams might be the most overrated prospect. He plays nobody. Oh my god. He hasn't played Tom, 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 Tom. no, Tom, listen. He's not played anyone. He's not played anyone. And then when he plays a team that really matters, he stinks it up and or loses the ball game. That's a fact. That's a fact. Go look at the go look at the teams that he's played. Go look at the numbers. Utah Dude, is going to have this last year when one. they
0: got beat in the Pac-12 championship game, he threw for like 400 and something yards. Yeah, they still lost. Their defense couldn't stop anybody. they still lost. And that's still the story. Their defense stinks. But, look, Utah has USC's number. That Utah coach is a great football coach. And, you know, they were a preseason top five, six, seven. Quarterback coming back. The rising kid. But now all of a sudden, he's been hurt. So this is another game where – You know, trying to pick this game like the Duke game is kind of tough. I think if the kid's playing quarterback, I take Utah. If the kid's not back, SC. So I got to make up my decision and not know the answer to that question. I'm going to pick the Utes. I think they're a tougher team. All right.
1: We move on to our last college football game. Cincinnati versus Baylor. Cincinnati's favored by three and a half points.
4: (laughs) Which is wild. Elliott, start us off. I mean, this is just a disgusting, filthy game. I mean, I, I don't. I, Bearcats shouldn't be favored in this game, so I'll take the Bearcats. But I mean, I, gambling wise, that's the only reason I'm taking the Bearcats. It's not because I believe in them. It's not because they have a competent quarterback, even though he was a Heisman front runner. Everybody knows that. Uh, Scott Satterfield still focusing on Louisville. Uh, Louisville's having a great year, but I, it, this is dead. This season's done. No Duke's Mayo Bowl for us. No Go Daddy Bowl for the Bearcats. No bowl game in general. They'll probably lose this game. I'll take UC for the pick, uh, but they're they're gonna lose the game. Yeah. I'm really happy. I'm really happy about it.
2: I can't understand how UC keeps becoming favored. Um, well,
0: they're at home. They're at home, and both teams I are having down years.
2: I get it, but what about UC makes you think that they can win a ball game in the Big 12? Give me Baylor. Give me the Bears.
1: Yeah, I'm just – I don't like this matchup whatsoever for for Cincinnati. I don't like it. Um, Baylor having a down year, I just don't think that matters. I mean, they've at least beaten a team that's competent.
2: Uh, um, Is EKU not competent?
1: No, not quite. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Baylor. I don't like the pick, but – I'm going to take them
0: anyways. Tom? Uh, I'm taking uh, Emory Jones and the UC Bearcats. I think they're going to come out and uh, get back on track this week. Baylor's down. uh, I'll tell you what.
4: This will be the Emory Jones game. This will be the game Satterfield benches them. (laughs)
0: Love
2: that. So, Emory Jones game. Little give and take. Get ready for it. NFL picks. How can
0: you be so down on your Bearcats? Because they don't win, Tom. They
4: don't win anything. I'm sorry. They just don't. I'm dead. Satterfield was a bad hire. I'm on the Satterfield. I know you have to give him a leash. I, I, know you have to, I, I know you have to give him longer than a year. I know it. But as a dumb fan, I watched these games. They came out last week and they looked dead. They lost 30 to 10 on homecoming, Tom, to a team that's not very good.
2: I can't believe they, that Deion Sanders was groveling. And, and, and Trace, made up, and Trace made up that bit, which is a game. tired
4: bit. You t- Tom talked about tired. How about the, the take where Deion Sanders wanted to be a Bearcat? Tired. He wanted to make money. That's what Dion wanted to do, and I don't knock him
2: for it. But he would have made more money elsewhere. He wasn't coming to UC.
0: Lions-Ravens, Tom. Well, look, my allegiance will always fall into the camp of the fighting Chris Spielmans. I am taking the Detroit Lions. Uh, Three-point dog in Baltimore.
1: Motor City Dan Campbells. Let's go, Tom.
0: Yep, fighting Spielmans. Here's the
2: thing, is I have a take. And it's, it's, it's been doing well. It's won me some money betting-wise. It is has it fared well that the AFC is better than the NFC. I think the Lions are maybe for real in the NFC. I don't think they can compete with the physicality that is the Baltimore Ravens. I think Baltimore wins this game in covers. I think
4: the Lions are going to win the game just because – not because they don't believe in Lamar Jackson, who I do. Lamar Jackson has exactly zero receivers. Zero. Point zero, anything to throw to. He has Mark Andrews, who's a tight end. It limits, his, it limits his, the, the play calls where Lamar can throw downfield. Nobody else is catching passes. They don't have a running back. I think Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are, are the ones cementing the backfield right now. It's Lamar versus the world. I think the Lions are better at this moment.
1: I love the Lions. I love them.
0: You always have, Casey. I've always underrated. Even in down times, you've I, loved him. I, 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 He's not a fair weathered man like, like Elliott is over right. there.
1: Right. <laughs> I've even underrated the Lions this season. I've picked against them many times. You have? I have. I have. And that's not gonna stop, Tom. I'm picking the Ravens. Oh, the oh last no, time Tosh. the oh last my. time oh, no. the Ravens came to Detroit. I don't know if y'all remember, but somebody broke the all time longest field goal. To win a game by three, so nice. I think uh, I'll take. I had money the on the Ravens. Ravens in that
4: game. What a, what a bet that was! I'll never forget where I was for that game. I was in the the Willie's parking lot up in in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, Hidden Valley. If you're if you're familiar with the area, yeah. For all you, Ohio, nice place, great places. I loved I love driving up there. I love going by the lake. Uh, but for all Ohio gamblers, you had to pick a place, basically, where you're going to park your car and gamble. My place was Hidden Valley, so I would drive my car up to Hidden Valley in Lawrenceburg all oh, the boy. way up to the top oh, of the Willie's parking lot, and I watched the game cast on my phone. I needed Ravens money line to conclude a parlay for the 1 o'clock slate. Justin Tucker drills a 70-yarder. What a win that was. What a magical moment.
0: You drove to Indiana and sat in a parking lot so you could gamble?
4: I didn't like the way you said it, but yeah that that's <laughs> okay.
0: yeah, I didn't I, yeah, I did. Well, well what's I, wrong with the way I said it?
4: Well, it just seemed like you were casting judgment. I
0: was never casting judgment. I, I just well, wanted okay. to make sure I heard Can you say you the right. sentence again. You, I was I, what was So I did you so did you jump in your car drive over to Hidden Valley Indiana and uh, and and watch the game yes, so you that's were able much to better. gamble on the game being in Indiana?
4: Yes, I did, Tom. Now the way you said it that time was much better. You know what, you're right. The other time you sound it like seemed, my wife. The other time it <laughs> The other time it seemed like you were casting judgment upon me. I wasn't Listen, though. Us, I mean, it Ohio sounded game, like it though. Us Ohio Gamblers, we were locked in a box. We couldn't do anything. We had to go to Indiana. That's where I went. That was my place. Next pick
1: all right, we got Chargers or Chiefs versus the Chargers. Kansas City's favorite point by five. Five spread.
0: Hundred. I mean, the Chiefs never lose. What's the record, Casey, in the division? I think it's twenty-one and three. Twenty-one and three since Patrick Mahomes took over as quarterback in KC. They're rolling this week. The Chiefs. I think that's The Chiefs. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Swifties. The Swifties. Yeah, the, the
2: exact same reason, Tom. Uh, I do. I, I do think that the Kansas City Chiefs are the best best team in the NFL. I think that the, if there is a team in their division that can beat them, it's the Chargers. I don't think it happens though. Give me Kansas City's cover in this game.
0: Okay,
4: I believe so firmly in the Chiefs, and I picked the Chiefs here, but it makes me want to pick the Chargers based on everybody else. So we'll see what Casey picks, and see if I have to change it. Casey.
1: Elliot, get ready to change your pick. I'm picking Kansas City.
4: All right. Let's go, Bolts. I believe in the Chargers. Justin Herbert always comes out in the big moments. He shines the brightest. Everybody knows Brandon Staley's a great head coach. Uh I I I listen, if there's gonna be a game, like Reed just said, if there's gonna be any team in, in that in that division, the AFC West that beats the Chiefs, it's the Chargers, blah, blah, blah. I guess I'm now a Chargers fan. Sad.
0: Okay. Mike uh, Mark Fetters says we're all idiots. <laughs> He's taking the Chargers and the points. Okay, uh, this is the on paper best game of the weekend. We'll find out if it plays out that way. Five and one Dolphins. Safe to say they've been the best team so far in the AFC. Five and one Eagles. Some say they're struggling. You know that they're not the same as last year. But all I know is, you know, they were five and zero oh till last week. Had a hiccup, and and you know, they they got a good team. Uh, I am without question taking Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, fly. Eagles Fly. It's a good pick, Tom. It is a good pick.
2: I, I'm right there with you, Tom. I think that the Fins are a little fraughty. I think the Fins are a little fraughty, and I like the Eagles. I think they're serious Super Bowl contenders. Give me Give me the Eagles. It's hard to be fraudulent when you
4: put up 70 points in an NFL game. So I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins, I, if people like Reed are still going to continue to say that they're fraudulent the whole way, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to make a lot of money this NFL season because I think the Dolphins are damn good. I think it's going to be a close game. Every time the the Dolphins come out there, the over will be hit as well. So if, if you're interested in free money, you take the over in this game. Dolphins win the game outright.
1: I'm going to get a little long-winded here. I'm taking – the Dolphins here I just think the Eagles have so much to lose in this game I think that there's injury problems on their offensive line with Lane Johnson the Miami Dolphins can get after the quarterback they can really disrupt their offense the real test is going to be the Eagles defensive line versus the Miami Dolphins offensive line but Tua right now is leading the league in time to throw he's getting the ball out like that and with the Eagles what they like to do is only rush four they don't like to send blitzers. And I think that's going to end up being the issue for them. They're not going to be able to get the two in time. So I really like the Dolphins receiving core two against the secondary. I'm taking Miami in the upset. Oh,
0: wow, okay. All right. I'm the, uh, Reed and I are the only two taking the uh, Eagles at home. That's a bit of a surprise. That is yeah. a Sunday night game, by the way, uh, 8 o'clock, Sunday night. Uh, Elliot, since you're going to be at this one, Browns v. Colts in Indianapolis, why don't you lead us off? That is a uh, minus three for the Brownies. This will be an ugly game. It'll be a
4: disgusting football game. P.J. Walker versus Gardner Minshew Yuck. in an NFL game. Yikes. Uh, Jerome Ford is going to have a great game. The UC, the UC legend Jerome Ford is going to come out and come out strong. Browns win this game 7 to nothing and perhaps the ugliest game in the history of the sport.
2: Yeah, I think that the Browns, uh, just because of what they've done as a franchise over the past however many years, they are not suited to win games, despite having one of the best rosters, despite maybe having the best defense in the league. I don't think they have the wherewithal to come back after a monumental win and come back and beat a team that they should beat in the Indianapolis Colts. So for that reason, I think they're going to slip up, and I think the Colts are going to win.
1: Yeah, Reed, I think I'm right there with you. This is a trap game for all those Browns fans that are celebrating that they won some game that they pretty much lost. They just, you know, kicker just missed it wide right. Michigan
0: man. Michigan
1: man. I just, the Colts, I think they're a little underrated too. That defense, that front seven is pretty good. The Browns are not going to be able to run all over the place on that team they're going to have to throw the ball, and if you're asking Donovan people, or not Donovan Peoples Jones, if you're going to ask their their quarterback, can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's not Donovan Peoples Jones. PJ Walker. PJ Walker. If you're although asking although there's him, a
0: chance Deshaun Watson is back, he practiced for the first time in three weeks yesterday.
1: I'll feel better if Deshaun plays, but the Colts, I think, are going to win this one.
0: I think they got a better run game right now, so going with Colts. To quote my old friend Billy Cunningham, nah, baba nah. This is brownies all over the Colts. Brownies. All right. Last the Top game. five teams in the AFC, the brownies. Last game. Last one, we have the fat boy. This is a barn burner here. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have the fighting Desmond Ritters. He might be fighting for his very starting position life in this one. I agree. He yep. is scuffling. Um And, uh, you know, Baker was all the rage and then they get blown out of the gym by the lions last week, uh, in Tampa. So this is a big divisional game here because this is a winnable division for any of the four teams in that division. It's a big game. Uh, but I got to believe I'm going with the, um, the fight in Baker Mayfields. It's a good pick Tom. Thank you. (laughs) It's hard for me to
2: find an opinion on this game in all, in all sincerity, um, you know, Case, I'm going to ride with Casey here then. If, if my own dumb brain can't can't sort this one, I'm going to take Casey's team, America's team, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <boom>. Covering. <laughs> Big Low Country. I'm going to take
4: – Love uh, that dude.
0: I'm going to – Love Big Low Big country. Big Lou country. What a what a What a callback. Call what what get it back. a
4: callback from Ellie. He doesn't even know about Big Low Country. We got to get him back. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Falcons are fraudulent. They don't know how to use Kyle Pitts. Uh, they got seven different running backs they utilize. It's just it's just a bum a bum offense. They've got a decent defense, though.
1: <sighs> Reed, I'm sorry I have to do this to you. I'm also taking the Bucks here. Put me here. on an
2: island. Put me on I'm an sorry. island. I'm sorry.
1: I love the Falcons. We all know this. I think statistically they're the third best defense in the league, fun fact. But it's not going to matter because they're not going to be able to do anything on offense. If they're asking Desmond Ritter to throw 35 times a game, they will lose every single time. I've said that over and over and over, that he's a game manager. He can't be the sole reason you win ball games. You've got to find ways to get Bijan the ball, Tyler Algier the ball. In the last couple weeks, they have not been able to run the football. It's looked really bad. This is a Buccaneers defense that has a very stout yep. defensive line. It's not a good matchup. I don't like it, so I'm going to take Tampa Bay minus okay. two and a half.
0: All right. Um, We only have about three minutes left in the program. We have to do chat rankings, correct? Yep, 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 yep. yep. And uh, this belongs to you, Mr. McAllister. That is right. You had time to ponder this as you were watching your dad change your tire. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And uh,
1: today's going to be a a special edition of Chat Power Rankings because I haven't done it in, like, I don't know, like months, I feel like. But coming out at number five, I got Roger Straz. This dude is literally on our chat. Yep, hours before we go yep. live. Yep,
0: he is first he every is day.
1: Always first. Yep. He likes to conversate with me if I'm in here early enough, talking about takes and whatnot. Roger, you are number five in today's chat power rankings. At coming in at number four, we have my lawyer Blackmore. He always is defending Ew. me. You know, I never did anything to that cow, but Blackmore, he, he's got me covered. He's always got my back. Thank you, Blackmore. You're coming in at number four. Terrible
0: Blackmore, pick. congratulations. And then coming in,
1: at, pick. coming in at number three, we got Everett. Welcome back, dude. I don't know if we, uh, Everett Henry. We, 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 we've said welcome back. You've been Father back for a couple weeks now, but congrats on having a kid. You're great in the chat. We love you.
2: Congratulations on the process of making a kid, too. Congrats yeah,
1: that, that, too.
0: We're Sharon Peters.
1: And then coming in at number two, we got Molly. We got a we got a let's member go, of our Molly. chat. Ooh, and We have the leader of women. Molly, coming in at number two.
0: That's a big league costume there.
1: Thank you, Molly. And then coming in at number one, probably our biggest supporter right now. He's always commenting, always watching all of our content, even – my silly show with with uh, jacob and i mark fetters thank mark, you mark you are yes, number one yes chatter and our leader of men thank you mark let's go
2: mark you put an ohio state thing though he's a he's a michigan fan
1: oh yeah that's right i forgot i gotta change Correct. that Correct. let's Ooh. go mark let's
2: go mark all right tom
0: all right um, Bengals off this weekend. We didn't talk much about the baseball playoffs. Elliot had said the Diamondbacks were going to get swept. We know that's not true. They yeah. won last night. Um, and so you got two baseball games today. Pivotal game five between the Rangers and the Astros in Arlington, Texas. Series tied at two. Diamondbacks at home tonight. Down two games to one. Got a 2-1 win last night. Bengals off this week. Bearcats are at home at Nippert. Ohio University is at home. Miami, a big one at home. Hello, Bueller, Bueller. Anybody going? (laughs) Bueller. And then there's the mighty Buckeyes. Oh, doctor. Oh, doctor. That's a big one. Can't wait to tell you about a Buckeye steamroll of the Mm. Whitney Lions Mm. on Monday. Casey, have a good weekend, my man. I will, and I'll be
1: enjoying Penn State whipping up on Ohio State.
4: We didn't get to high school picks today, so I'm going to ask you just one, Tom. I'm going to ask you one high school pick.
0: Well, I'm never picking Elder again, I can tell you that.
4: Well, that's fine. You don't have to. Here we go. The one pick of the week. Are you ready? Yes. Miami Valley Christian versus (laughs) New Miami. That's your one pick. I am
0: taking Miami Valley Christian. I live right around the corner from that school. Do you? Yes, I do. It's a nice school, okay. right there in Newtown.
4: I, well, New Miami's a great school as well. They you, lost you.
0: You spent a little time over there.
4: Yeah, I have. Uh, I stepped on a loose nail over there on, there, uh, on the.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? When you have things like that happen, call the lawnmower man. That's right,
4: call <laughs> the lawnmower man. <laughs> I'm going to take Miami Valley Christian as well. New Miami lost 55 nothing
2: last week. Reed. Miami Valley Christian, yes.
1: Miami Valley Christian,
2: big big time, big time high school game tonight here in the city of sculpture here in Little Chicago Hamilton. The Hamilton Big Blue seven and two taking on the Lakota West. That's the a Fire big points. time game. Big time game.
0: That is big Who time football. What? One.
2: what? Who you got in that one? Hamilton or Lakota West?
0: Oh, I got the Hamilton Big Blue, and that
4: hell yeah, Tom. I right. I got, right. Li- I got scrappers. I this got is Lakota my
0: second West. home. I'm not going to pick against them. Damn
4: this right is it's it. your second home. It's really I, your first. It's my. It's yeah. It's my first too. I'm going to take Lakota West. Casey. <laughs>
0: I'm taking Hamilton. Okay. a boy, Casey. You'll get one pick right this weekend. That's right. Okay. All right. Thanks all of you uh, for joining us. Hope you have a great weekend. Please stay safe. Be careful. Uh, If you're out on the roads, maybe a little wet out there. Elliot told you what to look for weather-wise. So everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you on Do we have a box lunch coming up or no? We do Do have a box lunch. All right. So box lunch is coming up right now. Here we go.